Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Sourdough, coming to you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. And I'm really, really delighted about today's episode. We really have something special and unique for you guys today. But I'm not here alone. We've got some amazing uh, guests and surprises. We have some VIPs. Um, we may win a uh, Guinness World Record for the most dope artists in one episode. I am joined by my uh, very special uh, guest host, co-host today, a friend of mine of many years, uh, the one and only Hans Fielerstad. Hey, Hans. Hey, brother. Thanks for joining, man. Oh, I'm happy to be here. So for those of you who don't know, Hans is a filmmaker. And Hans, how's the uh, filmmaking business these days? Well, like everything, I mean, you know, the last year has been a bit rough. Not a lot of traveling, not a lot of shooting. Um, but I've kept busy with some stuff, and people are starting to uh, wake up a little bit. So I've right. um, got a, a, a bunch of projects scheduled to um, start shooting in the summer. And That's exciting. stuff in right development. On. And, yeah, so I so can't, com- can't complain, really. Uh, right on, man. Well, I'm so grateful yeah. to have you here today. Thanks for oh, thanks. taking time, man. Thanks for taking time. You've known me a while, so the fact that you still want to hang out with me is, you know, relief. And, <laughs> like, and... Likewise, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of jumped at the chance to to help out today also because of the nature of our episode. Mm. Uh, it's really unique. Yeah, it is, actually. I mean, we're going we're gonna to hear some kind of cool stories, I think, from a, a lot of different people. I'm excited. In the opening of the podcast, right, we talk about that the Not Real Art podcast is um, a place where we celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it. And, you know, sometimes it's not just the artists, right? It's it's people, you know, just art lovers, people who are, you know, just passionate about culture, passionate about art. Every once in a while, right, somebody comes along that really changes the game, right? A, a, a truly uh, unique, one of a kind person. Those mavericks, those trailblazers that sure, you know yeah. that 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 we need to make history. And um, you know, and so today, you know, I thought we'd take time to honor one of those mavericks, honor one of those amazing, unique, one of a kind human beings, Mr. Greg Escalante. Talk about like a catalyst and a booster and a you know kind of an innovator. Um, yeah, he supported incredible. so many artists, especially early in their careers. And and I never I never actually met him, but 
um, growing up in Southern California, I, I always felt, you know, and in the 80s and 90s, I always felt sort of uh, Greg Escalante adjacent, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you're surrounded by the the aesthetics of, of a lot of the artists you worked with. And you sort of take it for granted a little bit. But, you know, as a skater, as a surfer, you know, kind of coming up, um, all, all of these uh, images that were kind of produced by the kind of, you know, group that that he orbited and that orbited him, you know, it was just, uh, it was just in the air. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I only had the opportunity and the privilege of meeting Greg once and I'm sure you'd never remember me, but boy, I'll never forget him, but I'll never for, really forget the first time I heard about Greg, right? Because it was 1995. Uh, I was living in Chicago and, um, I was uh, working as an artist rep. I was working with a lot of commercial artists, illustrators, photographers, so on and so forth. And I was working with this one artist in particular, Bill Kiefer, shout out Bill, and, you know, Bill was just one of these brilliant multidisciplinary artists. He could do it all. Right. Um, but his passion was his art, his fine art, his contemporary art. And I went to a studio one day and he wanted to show me, you know, the cool shit that he was do doing, you know. And I got to tell you, it was it blew my mind because there was so much raw power attitude uh, and, and even danger. <laughs> you know, in his art, right? yeah, Bill's art that. at the time, sure. yeah, and I was right, and I was just blown away, and you know, and he told me, he goes, well, he said, yeah, man, he goes, you know, the commercial shit I do is just like you know, soul sucking. He said, but you know, the the lowbrow is where it's at, and he goes, have you ever heard of Juxtapose magazine? And I was like, no. And he pulls out Juxtapose uh, and introduces me to Juxtapose um, in Chicago, and that was the the first time I ever learned about lowbrow and juxtapose and greg escalante and robert williams and uh on and on right and liz mcgrath and uh mark right you know all the by the way some yeah, some, yeah. some of these folks are going to be on our show today guys so um stay tuned but right. the point is is that for me what really spoke to me was that here's my friend bill Kiefer, this artist that i met uh who's this brilliant guy and he felt alone in Chicago. He felt alone because, I mean, yeah, sure, he was a successful commercial artist. But as a as an artist, he didn't have much of a community because he was this sort of rebel. He was this, you know, kind of funny guy with a with a bizarre aesthetic. And, you know, but Juxtapose represented his tribe. And it was, you know, it was because of Greg that Bill found community through his magazine. Right. Yeah, that's true. And 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 I, I agree with you, too, that with the. It was a little bit dangerous. It always felt a little bit transgressive, especially you know at a younger age, and um, and that that was also part of the attraction, I think, and part of the fun. You know, it almost felt like this sort of really, um, really like kind of cool art circus almost. Yeah. You know, that was just kind of bubbling and percolating. You know, at the margins and and uh, and eventually became you know pretty mainstream over time, I guess. But um, but I remember just discovering, juxtaposed, discovering, discovering some of the art in, in some of the skate and surf magazines. And, and, and it was always a little bit bad, but kind of badass, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it then, did. you know, so you couldn't, you, you, you couldn't resist, you know? Right, right, right. Well, it's, you know, it's the, it's the art that mom and dad told you to stay away from. But of course, that's exactly the art that you want to go right? get, right? Oh, man. Well, I mean, and I'm, I got to say, I'm, I'm envious. I mean, I'm on a certain level, right? I mean, it, the idea that, 
that Greg's work and his life and the work of Robert and, and so many artists, you know, could touch the lives of, of a kid who grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and then moved to Chicago. I mean, how many other kids across the country that didn't have a home or community for their art, they, they juxtaposed was their home and community, you know, that connection to other folks uh, just like them. And I think that's such a powerful, you know, point of, of, of Greg's story and, and everything that, you know, that he represented. But, you know, here you were in Southern California, kind of on the front lines of this stuff. Like, boy, I'm, I'm envious. A little bit. Yeah. And people, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to remember what it was like to, to not have social media and all of that, you know? So, I mean, we really <laughs> exactly. did rely on, on like, indie record stores and surf shops and magazines, you know, Zap Comics and Mad Magazine, you know, uh, we, we relied on some of these things that weren't so like kind of omnipresent in our lives. Mm. Um, but when that issue would come or when you got a chance to ride your bike to the, the surf shop and see what, you know, the new vans were looking like or something, you know, it's, that was how you kind of built your community, you know? And, um, and it was, it was kind of a different time. It was, it was, but, uh, but Greg was, was right there doing the best with what was available to build community and it, and it, and it was ultimately super successful. So his birthday is coming up April 17th. So we want to, we just want to celebrate and honor his life and his work. And of course, you know, as we've already confessed, like we, you know, sadly didn't know Greg that well, but loved everything he represented in his work and so many of the artists that worked with him. And so for today's episode, wanted to invite uh, some of Greg's, uh, you know, closest friends and colleagues uh, that worked with him over the years. And, and while we have over 50 people who have sent in audio recordings and birthday wishes for Greg, uh, and it's kind of like the who's who of the lowbrow art movement. <laughs> I'm, you know, delighted and honored uh, that uh, that we have all these amazing folks. But everyone loved Greg and, you know, they stepped up. That's what it was about. It's not, it's not about me. <laughs> it's about Greg. It's not about not real art. It's about Greg. People love Greg and they wanted to show that love. And uh, that was an amazing thing. So we've got a lot to cover today, but you and I, we can't do this alone. No, 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 we cannot. Um, no, no. We, we had to bring in the experts, right? We had to bring in uh, two folks who really knew Greg and knew him well and knew him not just as, as a colleague, but as a, as a dear friend. And so with that being said, I want to uh, welcome his former director, uh, Wendy Sherman, as well as his dear friend and colleague, Heidi Johnson from Hijinks PR. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Heidi. Hey, Scott. Hi, Hi Hans. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Scott. Hi, Hans. Hi, Wendy. It's, it's always Hi, smart Heidi. to invite smarter people to have a conversation with. <laughs> I, don't, right? I don't know if it's smarter. <laughs> right. Well, where I'm concerned, that. that's not too hard, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, Wendy and Heidi are brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but well, it's great to yeah. see you guys. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Yes. I'm thank you, excited. Scott to be celebrating Mr. Escalante's birthday. Um, he's such an amazing force for everyone, including myself. And um, it only seems right to uh, celebrate his birthday. And uh, we're so, I, I'm also floored by the response of artists who came up to, to say something for Greg. And, you know, I mean, I think we could, we could probably have a, a 24 hour podcast just on that if we have enough time, but you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's amazing. Um, I mean, how loved he was. So. Yeah. Thanks for giving us this platform, Scott. To, so uh, we can get the word out because we got an incredible response. Literally we reached out to, you know, 
some people thinking maybe like half of them would respond and pretty much everybody responded. It's pretty amazing. But then you think, like Heidi said, like it was Greg. So of course everybody responded. I think what's interesting when you said, you know, uh, people he worked with and colleagues and, and, and that while that is true, I think every single one of every single one of us just thought of him as our, we were his friends and he was, and we felt so honored to have him as our friend, you know, and to be able to, cause work never felt like work with Greg. <laughs> you know, it was, um, I mean, while we were friends, I also, you know, did PR for his last gallery. I also did some PR for Copro gallery and, you know, um, but everything work related with Greg was an adventure and it was always fun. And, and even though he, worked with me to help him get PR. He also was helping my career along the way. And I will forever be grateful for my time with Greg Escalante because he also helped build my company, you know, just in my association with him and the artists that I got access to through him. So right on. Well, speaking of some of those artists, why don't we do this? Why don't we get into some of these messages? Uh, We've got so many to cover. Let's pause for a moment. Let's hear from some of, the, some of these incredible artists who send their love to Greg uh, to celebrate his birthday. Yeah, let's do it. Hello, my name is Robert Williams. Well, uh, Greg Escalani was a really close friend. Of course, everyone says that, and for good reason. Greg had enormous social skills. The genesis of his social skills were that he needed people. He really needed friends, and he was very warm to everybody. Uh, one evening he invited me and Suzanne to come down and eat dinner with him in his apartment. And he also had his other artist friend, uh, Ron English there as we got there. We're going to do some takeout, but, um, Greg was still in his business suit with tie and jacket and whatnot. And he took us out back and his apartment was on an inlet marina. And if you went out the back door, there was just a marina right there with a um, kind of a pier uh, for, for, for boats to pull up to. And he takes us out there and there's, he gets a surfboard and he sets a surfboard in the water and he gets an oar. And we're, we're looking at him and he says, watch this. And he just uh, then I realized what he's going to do. He's going to jump on that surfboard in that suit with that oar in his hand. And I said, well, wait a minute, uh, Greg. Well, wait, hold on a minute, Greg. He goes, oh, I do, I do this all the time. So I figured, well, he's a professional surfer. Uh, he knows what he's doing. So he stepped out on that surfboard. That surfboard took off, and he fell in the ocean in his suit. And he floundered for a long time. We couldn't help him. He finally got himself back on with an oar. He pulled the surfboard back in. And he looked like a dog that had been dipped in water. He was looked so funny, and his suit just covered in ocean water. And he says, "Well, wait, I'm I'm going to do this." And he did it. And he's out there pedaling around in a wetsuit in the middle of this marina with with onlookers. And I, he, he, the reason that he had to do this was that he had a need within him that this was an expression of being sociable. And he would make the sacrifice to do this. You know, his driver's license was wet. He was wet through and through. It, it took, he, he had to go and completely change clothes. This was uh, 
this the, indicative of Greg Escalante. Uh, Greg, let me posthumously wish you happy birthday. Thank you. This is Mark Ryden. And this is Marion Peck. We are thinking fondly of Greg Escalante on his birthday. Greg, we sure wish you were here with us. Yeah, we miss you, Greg. Um, to me, Greg Escalante was the embodiment of all the energies and attitudes that came together to form the lowbrow pop surrealist art movement in the late 90s and early 2000s in California. Greg had that kind of SoCal surfer, cool vibe, very unstuffy, anti-establishment and rebellious, but all in a very positive, friendly, constructive way. He, he liked to put people together. He liked to have people meet. Um, he, he just loved art and loved to see things happen. He, he didn't try and get things for himself. He didn't have a, an ulterior motive. He wasn't trying to get glory or money. He just, he loved to hook people up. He, he um, connected me with so many people that ended up having a profound impact on my career. I met um, Earl McGrath, who had a gallery in New York, um, and Greg saw that we could possibly hook up and do something together, which um, would have never happened otherwise, and it really sent my career um, in a certain direction that never would have happened otherwise. And Greg, it was like Greg was a culture maker. It was like he brought people together and made cultural things happen. And that is such a rare and wonderful gift to bring to the world. And I feel like we owe people like Greg so much gratitude. A lot of people really love and miss Greg. He's truly missed. That's for sure. This is Scott Hess. I remember Greg Escalante in his white suit on the Long Beach Museum Plaza, the sun sliding down the turquoise sky toward the wide ocean, Greg's specific ocean, where he paddled and surfed and swam, and the rosy orange glow illuminating his bleached straw trilby hat with a black band, and his face bearing his particular sphinx-like smile as we artists, with black and red sharpies, drew our goofy memes and signed our roguish signatures across every square inch of the white cotton fabric of his blazer. Me, perhaps all of us, unaware of just how much Greg meant to us, how generous he'd been with each fragile persona, with our burgeoning, blustery careers, with pushing our art into an uncaring world. How in every selfie taken for his ever-expanding Instagram account, he was pointing at someone else, marveling at their skill, extolling their genius, Greg reveling in the raw strangeness of our minds. As the black-suited, well-heeled sipped their gin and vodka tonics, the sun sank into a purple-pink cloud bank, the mariachi band playing it down and out. There Greg stood, slowly rotating like a great white Carrara marble statue, arms outstretched as we Sharpies eagerly signed him, and he gently made us his own. Happy birthday, Greg. I miss you, buddy. My name is Mary Karnowski of Mary Karnowski Gallery and KP Projects. And my first memories of Greg was as a collector in the 90s. And I remember him mostly as a tireless champion of Robert Williams in the beginning. He was always quiet and observant, usually smiling. And he always had this really wonderful twinkle in his eye. You knew he loved art 
and he loved artists. In the early days, you know, in addition to his amazingly colorful and smartly tailored suits, he would sometimes wear this gold necklace to openings. I think it had a devil's head and red glowing eyes, you know, something not many people could pull off, but somehow Greg did. He was authentically quirky and cool and always so very generous. So when I opened my gallery in the late 1990s, I asked Greg and his business partner at that time, Doug Mason, to curate a show which they called Kittens and Cads. And it was such a great combination of artists that I had already been working with, like Todd Shore, and we invited Mark Ryden and Kozik, and Coop did the show poster, and all these other great artists that Greg knew and loved. So this was a time where there, it was just this great celebration and a really amazing formation of this movement of lowbrow that was starting to rise. And even after Greg opened his own gallery a year or two later, he continued to bring people to my gallery to show them work I was showing. And every time Fausto Vitello was in town, he brought him to the gallery with other great people like Craig Stesick. And we went out to lunch and talked about this lowbrow art movement and how important it was. He was always inclusive. And I don't think at the time I realized how much Greg was doing behind the scenes for all of us, whether it was as a collector and buying artwork from us, as a gallerist, as a board member of a museum, or being this person behind the scenes that was putting a complex puzzle together with Fausto and Robert to create this monumental magazine called Juxtapose. Or even as a friend that was probably singing our praises, even when we might not know it. Happy birthday, Greg. We appreciate you. We miss you. And we are here pressing forward in honor of you. Hey, this is uh, Camille Rose Garcia wishing Greg Escalante a very happy birthday. I think the first time that I met Greg was at Luz Gallery. And I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but it seemed like he was wearing a yellow suit, a tailored suit with bacon on it. I may just be making that up. But um, Greg, I think, realized before I ever did that I was part of a movement, a Los Angeles art movement. And um, I'm forever grateful for all the connections he made between us. So happy birthday. You are missed. Hey, everyone. This is Ben Goreski from DesignerCon. Wanting to wish our good friend Greg Escalante a very happy birthday. I miss him so much. Such a great guy. I miss his enthusiasm. I miss his excitement. I miss his love for the arts and his love for the artists. I think that the world would be a much better place if we had more 
people like Greg Escalante in it. And uh, that's really what I miss. You know, I wish he was here to celebrate with us, but I'm still glad that even though he isn't here, that we are still able to celebrate him. So, Greg, happy birthday, man. Hi, my name is Paige, and I was gallery neighbors with Greg on Chunking Road. And we are here to say happy birthday, Greg. We miss you. Um, personally, I really miss the joy that Greg brought down to the road. He used to ride up and down Chunking on that little tiny pink bike of his. And he just brought so much joy. So happy birthday, dude. This is Josh Agle, but I'm probably better known as the artist Shag. I want to wish Greg a happy birthday. Greg was one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. He'd call me up in the afternoon with a crazy idea, and we'd go for it, and something really great would happen. Uh, he was always very supportive of my career as an artist, but also as a friend. He's the guy who got me back into surfing after having not done it for 25 years. You know, he called me up one day and said, let's go. And I did. And I, I still do it two or three times a week because of him. So without Greg, I would probably be a fat, flabby old man. So thank you, Greg. And happy birthday. We really miss you. Hi, I'm Shepard Ferry. And I want to wish Greg Escalante a happy birthday. I knew Greg for at least 20 years, I'd say, from uh, the time the Capronason Gallery was over in Culver City. And I really liked a lot of the shows that they were doing. I remember being a bit intimidated, but meeting Greg and him being super friendly to me back in uh, maybe 99 or 2000. And I knew of Greg because he was one of the founders of Juxtapose Magazine, which really changed the art landscape for a lot of us and, and made us uh, seem a little bit more legit. And uh, I've always been grateful for that. But over the years, Greg and I would run into each other at art shows. He would email me, he would text me, and he was always just there with a kind word to cheer me up. Um, I don't know whether all artists are maybe a little bit filled with doubt and, um, and each criticism, um, hurts a thousand times more than each bit of praise. But Greg would see something that he liked, uh, mural, take a photo of it. When an article about me would come out and juxtapose, he would send a short video of him flipping through the magazine and giving the thumbs up. Um, you know, right before, right before Greg died, he dropped off a pair of pajamas that said love, honor, and obey as a little gag gift for me. He was just always a thoughtful friend. And uh, yeah, uh, he's missed. Thanks for everything you did for the art scene. And for me, Greg, I appreciate it. Hi, this is Shana Nice Dambrot. I'm an art critic based in Los Angeles. And we're gathered here today to wish our dear departed friend, Greg Escalante, a happy birthday. He would have been 66 today. And I'm sure there would have been a lot of fantastic jokes about getting your kicks on Route 66. <laughs> Even now, as sad as I am to think of how much I miss him, his memory never fails to bring a smile to my face. I guess I first met Greg in the mid 90s. Um, I was starting my career as an arts writer 
And I wound up writing for Juxtapose, which of course he founded with Chaz Bjorkes and the inimitable Robert Williams um, just a few years prior. And yeah, that magazine changed the world, but it also changed my life and the trajectory of my career and my perspective on art history. And I was grateful for that always. And then uh, 16, 17 years later, here comes Greg, sashaying back into my life, taking a space on Chungking Road. And I got to see him every day and witness the amazing community that he gathered and nurtured and supported of collectors, of artists, of just curious people. Um, he had a real... I don't know. He was a real force of nature. He had a kind of gravitational pull all his own. And I miss him every single day. And I'm so glad to have this opportunity. Although if I had one wish, it would be to be able to do it in person to wish my friend Greg a happy birthday. You were bright, shining light for all of us here in Los Angeles, Chinatown. And Chunking Road is just not the same without you. You'll be happy to know that the little jewel of New Orleans is still open. And I think of our many dinners there whenever I go for a po' boy. In fact, I think of you most every days, and I miss you a lot. Wish you were here. This is Jim Shaw. Um, happy birthday, Greg. You certainly made some changes to the art world that resonate on into the future. And uh, you have been missed, and you will continue to be missed Hope you're having a good time up there. Bye. Happy birthday, Greg. Victoria Reynolds, meat painter down here or around here. I went to heaven with you and Jeffrey Valance just a few years ago when you so enthusiastically took us to the little jewel of New Orleans in Chinatown. Afterward, for a while, I was rooted in the here and now, for good or ill, because gravity, I weighed more. It was a sumptuous and mind-altering experience. My eyes rolled back when I ate the soft-shelled crab sandwich. I can't and won't forget you pedaling your short bike with your long legs through the crowds on your way back to the gallery. I thank you very much. Hi, this is Jeffrey Valance. I wanted to tell a story about Greg Escalante and Thomas Kincaid. Well... Greg was on the board of uh, the Grand Central Art Center, and they were trying to figure out what show to do. And Greg came up with the idea, let's do a Thomas Kincaid show. So the uh, board voted, uh, and they wanted me to, to curate the show. So Greg called, and I said, sure, that's, that's a wonderful idea. Anyway, uh, that's how I met Thomas Kincaid, and we did the show which was such a big hit. It got write-ups in national and international papers uh, and just opened up a wonderful door with uh, Thomas Kincaid. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Greg. Greg. We miss you. It's Laurie and Jeff Gillette. And we're yeah. thinking of you and, and all the support and love that you always gave your artist friends, how excited you were when they did well. You were always really supportive of me, even though you might have been afraid of my artwork. 
tremendous gratitude from my part. Uh, The story I had when I first met Greg, I had to convince him I was me. Because Lori and I, we went to a a weekend, kind of like a marriage counseling thing, therapy. And I hired a guy. I didn't hire. I just said, can you be me? And his name happened to be Jeff. So he talked to Greg that night. And Greg thought he was, yeah, that's a great guy. This guy is really upbeat, cool. And then when I finally met Greg, he goes, who are you? <laughs> I go, I'm Jeff Gillette. He goes, No, you're not. <laughs> so I had to convince him that I was me. But I don't think about him a lot, and a lot of history with him with uh, my career kind of kind of got me started, and I I totally appreciate that. It's wonderful. Yeah, miss him a lot because of Greg. Jeff's got a piece in the permanent collection of the LA County Art yeah. Museum, and. Because of Greg, we've had an amazing ride in the art world. Yeah. So we miss him. We're thinking of you, Greg. Happy birthday. Hello. My name is Elizabeth McGrath. I met Greg through Gary Pressman when I was about 19, and he and Greg and Doug were curating art shows at places like Bahookas and the Key Club. And at one of these art shows, Gary asked my band to play And as an afterthought, he was like, why don't you put one of those flyers you make into the art show? And I was super excited because I knew Robert Williams and Juxtapose were going to be part of it. And I was thinking in my head, I'm going to make something good. And I made this diorama called The People Form. And there was like a giant ant putting tiny people into an ant farm. And inside the ant farm, all the people were like killing and eating each other and giving birth. And it was just as much chaos as I could depict with Sculpey and toothpicks and red food coloring. And it was super crappy. And Greg bought it. <laughs> and after that, he invited me to be part of all their events. But looking back, I realized it was so much more than an invitation. He mentored me. He gave me the confidence and the push towards developing a distinctive style. He bought my crappy art. He encouraged me to make more. And when they opened Copro Nason, he put together a show with Van Arno, Dave Lehman, and myself. And everything sold out. And it wasn't just him buying it anymore. And it was like, after that, this path lit up in front of me. After that, I kind of had this purpose. And until this point, my life was directionless. I'd spent half my teenage years incarcerated. I was, I mean, I am a seventh grade dropout. I had been couch surfing since I was 15 I scraped by working odd art jobs and food industry jobs and drifting around, singing in a punk band, working on a punk fanzine. I mean, I lived on Skid Row back when Skid Row was Skid Row, and my big plan, if I had any, was probably to become a rock star. Until Greg, no one had ever really invested anything in me, and he showed me that there was this whole other world out there that you could survive and become successful in. He genuinely believed I had talent and gave me a chance. And that was huge. And that was Greg. He was the foundation for so many artists. He was always networking, always networking, but never, ever for himself. It was for everyone around him. Sometimes he would just call me at the crack of dawn and have this whole amazing planned future planned out for everyone, for me and everyone he worked with. And if you put in the work, he'd make it happen. I mean, he made dreams come true. The legacy he left behind is monumental. And it's not even the art. It's the community he built for all of us. And on his birthday, I think of all the gifts he gave us, the gift of his optimism, the gift of a place to just be ourselves, to be free to create without judgment, 
and his confidence that good things will happen because of it. And I really miss him. And I wish he was here. And if I wish he was here in person for us to wish him happy birthday. And if there's some sort of afterlife and you can hear me, Greg, happy birthday. I really, really miss you. And I hope wherever you are, you're having a good time. I'm sorry. Happy birthday. Hello, my name is Jorge Gutierrez, and I would love to wish Greg Escalante a happy birthday. Feliz cumpleaños, hermano. I hope you're happy, and I hope you can feel all the love we're sending you from down here. Uh, here's my quick Greg story. So uh, after I was lucky enough to direct an animated movie called The Book of Life, I get a phone call maybe uh, a year after the movie had come out, and it's Greg with his one-of-a-kind voice. Uh, he tells me, hey, I saw your movie, and uh, I, think, I think you're a painter. Uh, and we start talking and I tell him, you know what, Greg, I, I, it's an honor to meet you. I love, I love that you've been, uh, having all these galleries and you, you're part of the, the lowbrow history uh, of, 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 of Los Angeles, but I, I just can't do it, man. I am too busy with a bunch of other things. And Greg being Greg, he talks me into, well, just do six paintings, just do six paintings. And it could be stuff you already have. We'll put them in my gallery. It's not a big deal. Uh, he gives me the date, and then nine months later, uh, I'm at the gallery on opening night of, of Border Bang, the first art show, I've, solo art show I've ever done, uh, with about, uh, I believe it was like 56 paintings. <laughs> so Greg, uh, Greg not only discovered me, he allowed, uh, he allowed the artist and the painter inside of me to happen, and for this, I will be eternally thankful I joke with him that he was my art world papa uh, because he gave me birth. So thank you, Greg Escalante, and thank you for, for believing in me. Well, there you have it. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like we should all have ice cream because Greg wasn't a drinker um, <laughs> or, or, a, or a pot smoker, although I do have two stories that he did get drunk with me once and he did smoke pot with me once. But I- <laughs> You're a bad influence, Heidi Johnson. <laughs> But um, he loved his ice cream. And when he was in Chinatown, every day he'd try and get down to Scoops and get his ice cream. So- <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about Scoops. He loved ice cream. So I feel like if you're listening, grab a scoop of ice cream. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, such a great, that's such a great story. So what, was it, did he have a favorite flavor? Was it just like anything goes? I think it was pretty much anything goes. Yeah. I don't remember him particularly liking uh, chocolate stuff, but he, he loved ice cream. He just ate a lot of ice cream. Well, that's right, because Scoops had like a different flavor every day. Like they changed their flavors yeah. every day. That place is amazing. So I don't know if you guys knew, <laughs> but he had this little bike that he would ride around. Well, he for, he he had a little pink bike that he would ride around up and down Chinatown, <laughs> King Road. Right. But he also had a Kenny Scharf, for a little while, a Kenny Scharf golf golf cart that he would also drive up and <laughs> <That's> down. <right. laughs> so everybody in China, he had his favorite things. He had little jewels for, for lunch, which was the, which is the New Orleans place. And then he would take you, if you came down to visit him, he'd take you to lunch there. Then he'd walk you over to the Velveteria Museum, which if you didn't, it's gone now, unfortunately, but it was uh, this small space that this guy, I forgot his name, Wendy. Carl, Carl Baldwin. 
he is the biggest collector of black velvet paintings. And you would not know that this is in Chinatown. You, you just walk in and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa like insane wow. and he would change it out and then so you'd get to do that and then you'd walk down you know kind of get Around the corner. along the ways mm-hmm. and then and then go get ice cream and that was sort of the day with greg <laughs> <laughs> what a great was, way to honor him i think i think yeah. I, I wish I, yeah we we are now suddenly i want ice cream damn it i know yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> get some ice cream um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting though, that I didn't, uh, I mean, I knew I'd heard that, you know, that he wasn't a drinker or smoker, but I always, I always found that interesting. I guess when you're, when you're used to getting high on the waves as a pro surfer, uh, you know, who needs, uh, who needs anything yeah. else? Right. Yeah. I think, I think he felt that like, as far as expansion, cause he was super into like psychedelic culture and think, I mean, he curated a psychedelic show. He was very into you know, sort of the expansion of the mind and, and these things that you could do. And, um, but I just don't think that he felt that he needed to go there. Like he could go there on his own. And I think art did that for him. Honestly, I think art expanded his vision and his mind and took him to places that, you know, most of us need some kind of drug or whatever to get to, you know, <laughs> the one time we did get, I had, uh, as a publicist, you get invited to a lot of random things and I got invited to some weird, pop-up dinner spot with these music industry people and I didn't have anyone to go with me and it was like the end of the day and I said Greg do you want to go with me to this weird music pop-up dinner thing and he's like yeah let's go and uh, so (laughs) we get in the car and we go and it is all these very strange people who do like electronica music and stuff and me and Greg Mm -hmm. And it was like, and it was this, it was basically to highlight this chef and the food was horrible. And, <laughs> and, uh, and Greg's like, this isn't good, is it? And I'm like, I don't think so. And like, I'm going to have some wine. And I was like, what? And, uh, and he had a glass of wine and he was so cute. <laughs> he got so like childlike and he was super sweet. And I mean, he was always sweet, but you know, he was like a little kid. It was like, it was so funny. And he, and, and, and the minute he mentioned, actually, he didn't mention, I mentioned who he was. And all these electronica people then were like, oh, my God, I grew up on Juxtapose. I love Juxtapose. And and then it became this whole thing. And he was sort of everywhere he went, he ended up becoming the belle of the ball. So everyone loved him. He was a little bit tipsy. And he was like, you know, hanging out with all these electronica artists. And <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what a singular special moment, right? Yeah. He was awesome. Well, the, when you were talking about ice cream, the, the the event I remember is when he had his birthday party at the Marionette Theater. Did you go to that hike? I did party out of town that birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because that was they were serving those little cups of ice cream, you know, like that you get when you're a little kid. Yeah. And he's like, I think I have a picture of him. He's like wearing a little crown. <laughs> that was pretty. I had that- never been to that theater before either. And they moved that theater too, but that was like unbelievable. What and about that birthday that he had on the barge? Yeah, the chowder barge. That was yeah, pretty. That I mean, was- that, and that's why this this event is like so Greg because he used to love having like crazy doing crazy things on his birthday. Yeah, and a, a lot of the people when I talked to them about this, they were like, "Oh, Greg would have loved that." Craig would have loved that. So yeah. hopefully he's going to be listening from wherever he is. And yeah, how old? How old would he have been? Uh, sixty-six. 
66. Nice. Yeah, that's a cool yes. number. 66. <laughs> yep. That's great. Hopefully that's he would have he would have probably taken a road trip on Route 66 for his 66th birthday, right? And he'd get <laughs> ice cream in every state, right? <laughs> but yeah, I forgot that about the ice cream. Yeah, I was thinking about actually, um, I went to a birthday, not his birthday, but we went to a party one time. It was the artist, um, Eric White. Yes. It was his birthday and he was, um, and he's now with, um, Patricia Arquette and, uh, and, and Greg, um, was like, I'm invited to this party, uh, for, uh, Eric White's birthday. You want to come? And I was like, sure. And he doesn't tell me anything about it. And I totally just think we're going to some like dive bar or whatever. And he gives me the address to this huge house in Hancock park. And I'm just like, what is this? And I, I put the moon in there and I can see his cars there. And so I like, I'm like, I'm like thinking, what is going on? And I walk in and it is like, not only like Patricia Arquette, but like every celebrity <laughs> and the most amazing art collection. And I don't even, you know, I'm like, wait, why am I here? <laughs> and it was like an intimate dinner party, you know, and it was this awesome thing. It was so fun though. And I ended up getting seated next to Ted Danson, who my, oh uncle, my, God. my uncle, um, was one of the Cheers producers and writers, and but my uncle's since passed away, and I wasn't going to say anything. I, you know, I'm like bashful or whatever. And Greg immediately was just like, "Hey, Ted Danson!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just this joyous occasion. It was really fun. Wow, yeah. I never heard that story. Yeah, Heidi. You, good one. <laughs> you got some like secret stories hiding away there. We had some adventures. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Who yeah. Knew? Yeah, we had a good time. Whenever Greg would say, just get in the car, we're going to go uh, <laughs> go do a studio visit. You just didn't say no. You just were like, right. okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so. um, I think artists, I remember a few times, you know, one of my, one of my, when I was, you know, building my business and everything and, and one of my nuggets in my pocket when I would, you know, try and you know make contact with new artists and stuff like that is i would be like i'm gonna bring greg escalante over for a studio visit and i mean it was and he didn't mind he'd be like use me all you want like <laughs> you know and so i remember like going to like young artist studios you know um who were just kind of coming up and being like and here's greg escalante and they would just be floored but it was never you know like we went in there one way but by the end of it greg was always so caring and gave advice and always had some thing for them to follow up with him with. Do you know what I mean? Like a re he, he would actually create a situation that you would have to follow up with him or check in with him. So you never felt awkward in, in circling back to him or anything like that. And I just thought it was so generous of him to do that with him, his time for artists and to just always be available. And even if it wasn't his type of art or his scene or whatever, he, he, you know, he was happy to, to, you know, give his opinion or share some advice. And I just thought it was just, I just was always amazed at his generosity in that way. Cause all of us are always so hurried and don't have time. And you know what I mean? And he just, he never seemed to be on that sort of wave, you know, of like too busy for anybody. You know, That's actually a great uh, segue, Heidi, to pause and hear from some more artists, people that want to show Greg some love today on his, on his birthday week. Sometime around 1990, uh, Sandow Burke introduced me to Greg Escalani, 
he said, there's this uh, surfer art collector who's coming over. I might as well bring him over to your house. Greg Escalante showed up at the door of my studio. And, you know, most collectors act like they own the joint when they walk in your studio. But Escalante walked in like he owned all the art in the joint, or at least he wanted to. So uh, he looked around my studio and really liked what he saw. And he was really enthusiastic. You know, I get a lot of people that come to my studio and they look at the paintings and they grump and they gripe and they, they, they say they wish something was different or the price was different or Escalante just took it just as it was and didn't argue about the price. In fact, I could tell that he wasn't even bargaining for paintings is that he wanted the artists to get as much money as possible. And, and, uh, he wanted to reward them for their work by not hassling them over price, which was a great relief. At one point, there were these really cool events called the uh, Rat Fink Reunions that would take place at different uh, pinstriping studios in L.A. Uh, Ed Roth would show up. Robert Williams would be there holding court. And, of course, Escalante would, would, would show up. And he was really helping out the charity by buying all kinds of art there. He would buy pinstripe garbage cans, pinstripe toilet seats. He was like a kid in a candy store. It was fantastic. So I remember sitting with him in the, in the sun and listening to some unrehearsed, under-rehearsed rockabilly band playing and smell of spilled gasoline on the hot pavement. And I turned to Greg and I said, man, this is a bunch of shit. These people are so boring. And he looked at me and he said, you think this is boring? You should go to a bond salesman convention. <laughs> so Greg was really enthusiastic about stuff and he had a sort of contagious uh, enthusiasm that was really welcome in the art world at that time you know escalani was really an art-centric kind of guy I, I think that he really liked to identify himself first and foremost as a art collector and hell even managed to get himself on the board at the laguna art museum so he not only he wanted to be an art administrator he wanted to get really deeply involved in the art world, not just as a collector and appreciator, but he wanted to get things done with the, the different institutions and so forth. So it was really great to see Greg when he was on uh, introducing people. And he just loved to introduce one artist to another. And uh, he, he was a great facilitator. But what was really interesting was to, was to deal with Escalani when he wasn't in the art element or anything. He was just a regular dude. And, and that was really wonderful to, to see. And at one point, Dr. Liz and I went over to his place in, in Seal Beach, and he encouraged us to, to do some paddle boarding. Uh, I was kind of reluctant, but he got up there on the paddle board and just took off, and I had no choice but to strip down to my underwear and get on that thing and just start paddling and find out where, where he was going. Even though I was in my underwear, I, had, I managed not to fall off or create any panic in that, that particular area of Seal Beach. And afterwards, we, uh, we only had Egyptian food, and... You know, it was just great talking about life in general. He was just a really good, well-rounded person. Uh, but art was really one of the things he lived for, probably more than anything. Hello, this is Marnie Weber. I wanted to say to Greg up there in heaven, a happy birthday. And we miss you very much. He was a big part of my life in the many shows that he contributed to and supported. And I miss his enthusiasm and sense of fun. And it was always great running into him at the shows. And one thing that made Greg stand out in my mind 
was that he was so supportive of women and women artists. And to me, I felt like he didn't put the men over the women. It was all equal in his eyes. And he always asked me what I was working on. And he was always so happy and enthusiastic and joyful about art. And I know that people say it's like the end of an era a lot, but to me that was definitely a stepping stone in the end of an era where people used to do a lot of fun, wild shows just for the experience of it. So um, I miss Greg, and I and I hope that he's doing his art shows where he is now. Hi, this is Natalia Fabia a fine art contemporary painter from Southern California. I would love to wish Greg Escalante a happy, happy birthday, a happy 66th birthday. I miss you, Greg, every day. Um, Greg was a huge influence in my life um, and in my art career. He was just always so welcoming. Um, I met him in college, I think. Um, I was going to Art Center he bought a couple of my paintings and I don't even know if he really actually liked them or if he knew he was helping me out because it would help my pay my rent. Um, and along the years, Greg always introduced me to different artists and gallerists and just fun people. He was always bringing people together, um, never wanting to take any credit, always putting together art shows and buying work. Um, he was just such a great, great friend, a great person. I love his energy. I love his outfits. I miss his colorful suits. Um, and yeah, love you, love you, Greg. Happy, happy birthday. Hello, my name is Timothy Robert Smith and I'm here to wish Greg Escalante a very happy birthday. Uh, I miss you, buddy. It's been a long time. Um, Greg found me around 2012 when I was a student. I was making uh, trippy uh, figurative work kind of based on perspective. Same stuff I'm doing today, but I just started it and Greg saw potential. And uh, it's it's really because of him um, that I got anywhere in the art world. I mean, he, he helped me out. I, I had nothing and he... Uh, he got me a solo show, two solo shows at Copro, and then interview and juxtapose, and eventually a museum show. And uh, yeah, he always had my back. Like he was always um, really, really pushing what I what I did. And you know, I'm so grateful for for that. Um, we always had really good conversations. Every time I went to an art show, we'd always hang out and talk. We had some really trippy conversations, actually. There was, there was one time um, that I painted him, and uh, it was in a painting called In the Event of All Things to Be or Have Been Being Now, and it was just a painting about all time and space combined into one moment. Uh, but Greg was in the center of the painting, and he was holding a stopwatch, and the stopwatch was kind of, there were motion lines around it uh, showing that it was spinning in all directions at once, just going haywire. And, uh, you know, to Greg, the painting had a totally different meaning. He came up to me once during an opening and, and he uh, said, you know what this painting is about, Timothy? It's about a guy that doesn't have much time left. And he's trying to figure out how to spend the time that he, 
that he has. Um, and yeah, it was a very interesting com conversation. And, um, you know, not a lot of people know that story. So I figured I'd tell it now. But uh, anyway, happy birthday, Greg. And, you know, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. And I really miss you. I'm Michael Knowlton from Stinson Beach. And I want to wish my old buddy Greg Escalante a happy birthday. Greg, wherever you are, we all love you and we miss you every day. I believe that Greg had his best work ahead of him as he was just hitting his real stride in his life's work. I wish that somehow he could have gotten through that dark period and showed us what he was really going to be doing. I met Greg in the early 90s at my first show at the Zero One Gallery on Melrose. And he gave me a card that said, curator, art collector, stockbroker, surfer, and I forget what else. But I thought, what a nice guy. And I put that card in my pocket. And I thought, I'll call him one day. Well, very soon after that, he called me. And like all of hundreds of artists, he made time for me, he made shows for me, he made introductions for me, and he made money for me. And I was so appreciative of his sincere, low-key, and very helpful mentorship. The best part of knowing Greg was not what he did for me or what I saw he do for others, but to spend time with him outside of the art world, in the water, sitting there doing nothing, driving to eat, a barbecue with his friends. That's where, for me, Greg really shined. And those are the times I miss with him the most. Greg, I love you. Happy birthday, brother. Hi, my name is Enzia Farrell, and I'm an artist. I met Greg about 30 years ago through fellow artist Sandal Burke. Greg introduced me to my husband, Chris Sardellis, a surf buddy of his who later became a respected surf photographer. We live close to Greg and with all our mutual interests and friends, and also because I cut his hair every month, we saw Greg a lot. So Greg, on your birthday, I'm thinking of all that art we saw, the parties, the great food, all the fun people I met through you. The clandestine manic car rides, I felt like such an outlaw, and all the fabulous weirdness you brought to our life. I miss you more than I can express. I hope wherever you are, there are no limits to your eccentricities and no lows to your highs. Happy birthday, Greg. Hey, Greg. Happy birthday. This is Gomez. I'm just outside your house. Open the garage, uh, get the board in my car, and let's go. Is firing. Let's go. Let's do it. Well, there you have it. More love. 
<laughs> it's amazing. Wendy, what, what, what's that, Heidi? It's amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I was also really overwhelmed with the, it was like a wave of goodwill, you know, um, when, you know, Wendy, you would like, oh, now, now we have messages from these people and these people and this one. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, really? Wow. All right. <laughs> cool. And it's, it struck me that, that, um, you know, sometimes, you know, it feels like art kind of, uh, makes you feel less alone, you know? And uh, music as well, you know, and and as as uh, creatives, as creators of, uh, you know, as artists, um, you also can kind of sometimes feel alone in that space as well. Right. And so it's it sort of like Greg had this knack or this kind of talent for making you feel not alone, to feel connected, um, to feel appreciated, to feel seen or something. This is this is just something I'm gathering from from the messages that uh that were sent in and from what you guys are saying? Yes, for sure. I mean, he definitely made you feel, I don't want to say like, oh, he made you feel important. He just made you feel truly seen, you know? And mm. I think that's, and, and that's a real talent, you know, not even, even all of us as open and as caring as we are, I don't, you know, it, 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 it's a finesse and it's a talent. It's, you know, it's, it's something instinctual. So, um, and I think that's why so many people were drawn to him and it, it wasn't just the, the juxtapose thing, which was, you know, one thing, but I think, you know, he just, people were drawn to him like a magnet, you know? Um, well, talk or, a little bit about in, in, in Wendy, maybe you can weigh in on this. Um, uh, cause you have so much, uh, uh history in that, uh, brain, um, uh, about this scene and everything that Greg has done and, you know, but talk a little bit about like, when he came onto the scene um, versus when he started juxtapose, right. With Robert Williams, like how many years, um, you know, call it a BJ before juxtapose uh, was he, um, you know, you know, what was he doing and what, and what was happening during those uh, first years? Well, I think it, it happened pretty much right away. Um, I don't have my timeline right in front of me. What, Wendy? (laughs) Yeah. You didn't do your homework. Sorry. <laughs> I did, but I'm not very, I'm not, I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but it was pretty quick. Um, you know, he met Robert Williams and then it was kind of like, let's start a magazine. <laughs> I mean, it pre- happened so pretty, pretty quick quickly. then, right? Well, it must have seen, I mean, because at the end of the day, like, you know, and this, please correct the record if I'm wrong. But, you know, Greg had a really good business acumen, right? I mean, that was part of the reason why, you know, he was able to champion these artists and help to, you know, uh, you know, carve out the scene uh, on a certain level, right? You know, because he had that that business mind. And so I'm guessing that, you know, he saw an opportunity, right, to to create this magazine with Robert and, and give artists a, a venue and a platform. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was that, that you know, fact that he was like a, a, you know, bonds trader and he, you know, knew the business behind it. But I mean, he just would just jump, you know, jump into, you know, he'd have these ideas and jump in with both feet, like, let's do it. You know, he just, he just, you know, got things done. And yeah. right, Heidi? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think with us, like his energy of, you know, he wasn't going to, he couldn't always do all the work, but he knew how to right. bring all the 
three people together and his energy was infectious where that you felt like, all right, let's go, let's do this. I mean, even when he opened the last gallery, it was like, okay, we're all in this, like, let's do it. You know, like he just, I don't know. And you think about Juxtapose and it was a group of artists and art collectors that came together to make a magazine that really spoke to other artists and an art community and a rebellious community and all that. And now, I mean, if you look at Juxtapose now, its distribution is bigger than Art in America, Art Forum, and Art News, which is a big deal. I mean, this little like kind of underground magazine is the go-to art magazine, you know? So, um, you know, and it, it's also the, the, the first magazine that you know, featured people like Mark Ryden and Cause and Camille Rose Garcia and Tim Biscop. And you know what I mean? Like it, the, these, these were great artists who weren't getting covered in traditional art magazines and now they were getting covered. And so he knew that there was, there was a voice and a person out there that, that wasn't being, you know, serviced and, and, and it just exploded and it continues to evolve and explode, you know? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a cultural icon, you know, so. Well, and I think that's, that's a fascinating point because it's not, it's, it's not just about the art. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a culture, it's a world, right? It's, it's, it's music, it's fashion, it's, 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 uh, you know, uh, obviously art, but I mean, you know, this, this right cars, I mean, it's custom cars. I mean, it's, it's, it's all these things. It's a, it's a world, it's a culture. And, um, and the magazine is sort of the, the touchstone, I guess. Wendy, do you have a uh, juxtapose uh, collection? Do you have backed issues? Like how many? Uh, uh, I think I have all of them. <laughs> and <laughs> of course, I, I knew you were going to say that. So I was trying to tee it up for you. <laughs> I do. And I have uh, alt, art alternatives also, which became, which came before right, juxtapose. Right. Uh, it was art, wow. art, art alternatives. And then, um, yeah, and then that—that's a long story. That went out of business, and then they—they. They, well, that was the big. Yeah. That was the big source book, right? Uh, um, no, no, it was pretty much actually art alternatives. I'm like trying to look up my notes. Art alternatives was really the magazine that Greg founded with Robert Williams. Okay. And then they founded it with this biker woman i don't remember her name offhand <laughs> but uh, it was it was there was a, of course they did <laughs> there was a well yeah it was she was the one that oh. she was in she interviewed robert i think for this biker magazine or something and then i know i'm everybody's gonna hear this and go wendy what are you talking about <laughs> and then um uh she's the one they i think they talked her into starting this magazine and then I think it was something with the publishers of that magazine. They, they, she was leaving the magazine or something and they didn't want to do it anymore or something. And then, and then they ended up approaching, you know, Greg's idea was to approach Thrasher because Thrasher was the magazine where, uh, Greg originally saw Robert's painting on the cover of Thrasher. So mm -hmm. they, they took their idea to Thrasher and they wanted to keep the name, but they couldn't keep the art alternatives name. So then Robert actually came up with the name of juxtapose. And yeah. so, um, better name actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Robert's kind of the king of coming up with amazing names. If you look at all the titles of his paintings, like, yeah, they're incredible. So when well, he sort of coined lowbrow art, didn't yes, he? he did coin that. And that was another, not, not really on purpose, I guess, but 
Well, and that was the name of, I think, his first book was, I have it somewhere, something about lowbrow. Well, I'm curious. I have I have a question. I mean, uh, in terms of, you know, Robert and uh, Greg's first meeting, you know, how, how did they connect? All right. So that that I do know. So, uh, well, Greg, so Greg saw the Robert's painting on the cover of Thrasher and he's like, this is the good art. I want this painting. Like that was the first time he actually connected with some art that he really loved. And he wanted to track down the artist and the artist and buy that painting. So, um, and I forgot, I guess he like called Thrasher or something and, and somebody gave him like Robert's phone number. <laughs> he just like called him up and said, I want to buy this painting. I know even this story, I'm not really getting right. But and then oh, and Robert uh, connect, told him, "Well, you have to call my gallery. I can't sell you the art directly." So I mean, like Greg had never bought any art before. I think this was one of the first pieces he ever bought. And this is another thing that I'm getting sto- different stories from other people because I got a message from Robert Berman saying that the first piece of art Greg ever bought was a painting by Greg Gibbs from Robert Berman. So I don't know what the real story is, and we may never know. Because I thought, like, the second piece of art was that he ever bought was a painting by Chaz Bohorkas from the Zero One Gallery. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to get to the bottom of this as by we the way, start talking. Since, Wendy, since <laughs> uh, you mentioned Chaz, you know, uh-huh. I, had the chance to, I had the chance to go to Chaz's place the, the other day because he wanted to submit a uh, recording to, you know, for this to, to wish Greg. And the love that Chaz has for Greg, you know, was so apparent, you know? And I mean, he was also very frank. He's like, you know what? I love the guy. You know, we didn't always get along, you know, but like, you know, he was, he was, in, he's like, he made my career. He helped make my career. My name is Chaz Bohorkas. I'm a graffiti writer from 1969 here in Los Angeles. Yes. And I want to talk about Greg Escalante. Greg was a major, major influence in me. Because when I was a young man in my uh, 30s, I had never really exhibited in, in galleries. And Greg was the first person to actually approach me and find my work interesting. He was the first stranger. I had a lot of friends who appreciated my work, but the first real collector, first stranger who came up to me and said he loved my work, and he introduced me to, to, to Big Daddy Roth and Robert Williams, and then also he gave, started giving me my first shows, and Greg was my first collector. And when somebody buys you, it's not about putting money in your pocket. It's about that they believe in your work. That's the most important about a collector. And Greg was that man. Um, we first met sometime in the 80s. I really don't remember when. It was the rock and roll crazy uh time of the Zero One Gallery of the infamous uh, John Pokna, and uh, we would always hang out together. That's where the artists, the juxtaposed crowd, the cartoonist, the graffiti writers, the mixed match, the, you know, uh, would always fall into place. That's where we all felt comfortable together. And Greg was uh, not only a uh, collector, but also he was a supporter of that gallery. So that's how I met Greg. Sometime in the 80s, don't remember when, but it was at at night. <laughs> Later on, uh, Greg had asked me to, uh, once he was involved with the Juxtapose magazine, 
uh, the number one premier underground magazine that really started from the Zero One Gallery artist. Uh, he asked me if I would, uh, I was going over to Italy to meet some of my graffiti writers, friends over there. He asked me if I write an article for Juxtapose. So it was the first connection between Italian graffiti and the American graffiti. So I was honored to also participate in Juxtapose magazine and also be in a couple of issues and uh, uh, on my own work. And that was through the help of Greg. Uh, we lost touch. It was a shame for at least about maybe 15, 20 years. And then one day he gave me a call and he, he said, you know, I'm starting my own gallery. And I told him, I go, you don't need anybody. What you need is your own space. And I supported him. So he asked me to do his logo. So I did a Greg, Greg Gregorio Escalante logo for him for his gallery. And then we were in a couple of shows together, Sons of Pompeii. And, uh, and we felt like, even though it was the next generation, like even though we were starting new again, it was his gallery. It was his time. It was his movement. And we were all his soldiers and we were going to support him. Uh, he passed, unfortunately. And it was a great hurt for all of us. And uh, we'll miss him deeply. Happy birthday, Greg. That's Chaz Bohorkas. I mean, incredible. yeah, I know. I know. I mean, Greg was, and same with Robert Williams, like Greg and Robert had their differences too. Uh, but, you know, Robert, you know, just loved Greg, you know? Yeah. He, well, that's a dynamic, right? Of just, you know, people who respect each other and working together and love each other. I mean, you're not always, if you got two smart people trying to do something epic, you know, there's going to be some uh, creative tension from time to time. Because, I mean, because, like, you know, all, like, geniuses, like, Greg, you know, pushed the envelope, you know, constantly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he pushed it with everybody. You know, he would juxtapose, he pushed it, you know. I was always going, asking him, like, because Greg was always, you know, going to juxtapose with stories he wanted to do. And most of the time they would say no. And when I first met Greg, I was always, like, I didn't understand that. I was, like why would they say no? I'm like, you're the co-founder of the magazine. Like it's your magazine. But you know, I know over the years I like figured it out, but it's just like, you know, he would just like hit them up. He, you know, he gets so excited. He just hit them up with a billion ideas and you know, it's a business like anything else. You know, they, they want to make sure that they publish stories that people want to read, but I don't know. Yeah. Let's face it. Greg was action oriented. He's an action hero, really. <laughs> oh like, and, and by the way, we have action uh, <laughs> of, of, of figures of him, don't we? We, you know, yeah, like what? We we, do. what where are the toys? We yeah. have these toys that Ben um, Goretzky from uh, Three Shout Year Designer Con uh, made of Greg. He, ben, I have a funny Ben Goretzky really loved Greg, and but also didn't know him that well, and. Um, when Greg and I became friends and I was working for designer con, I got Greg to come to designer con. And I, <laughs> I remember <laughs> like, Ben just was like, so excited. And, and you have to understand if you don't know what most of the people listening to this will know that designer con is, you know, it's like if artist alley in, in, in comic con had an entire convention. So it's all these sort of like mid-level artists, emerging artists, 
who all grew up on juxtapose. And so to walk down these these rows and rows and rows with Greg Escalante, who everyone knew because of his suits and his hats and his, you know, and all of these artists just running out. By the end of it, he had so many toys and t-shirts and prints. I mean, his arms were like, we had to get someone to help carry out all the stuff that every artist was just like, just here, this is for you. I love you, you know? And he just, and I remember the whole time he's like, this is so great. I didn't even know this existed. Like what? This is amazing. He just thought designer con was the coolest thing ever. And he, you know, had he continued, you know, he wanted to do stuff with them. Like he just loved the whole vibe of that. Cause it was, you know, design that, that, particular show is very much in line with who Greg is and being accessible, yeah. you know? Well, he, I mean, in that community, yeah. I mean, Greg is a God. I mean, he's, oh he's like God. a you know, rock star at best and, or, you know, worst case, he's a rock star, you know, yeah. more, more like a God really. Yeah, for and sure. That's, that's so great. Well, that's, that's a, that's a really, actually, this is a really good, uh, wait, what do we have here, Wendy? You're showing the, book, ooh. the lowbrow art of Robert Williams. All right. <laughs> that's the title of it. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, with all this talk of artists, uh, let's uh, let's hear from some. Hey, this is uh, Peter Zakowski, a uh, friend of Greg's. And yeah, Greg was an amazing guy. And one of the things about him that really stood out was his enthusiasm. Uh, it was like he had this huge spotlight and he was always directing it on other people, other events, uh, other things. Uh, he was just so excited about being alive and, uh, and sharing what he, what he was experiencing. And the one thing Greg would never do was he'd put, he wouldn't put the spotlight on himself. It was always for the benefit of others. Even if it, if, if he was dressed in a white suit, people were signing his suit at an opening. It wasn't about him. He was just making the event more memorable and, uh, and kind of amazing. So we all loved him, truly miss him. But uh, we're lucky to know him. Hi, everybody. This is Isabel Samaras. I am really pleased to be with everybody and wishing a very, very happy birthday to Greg. Um, of course, I just ate some peanut butter right before I hit record. But I think Greg would have laughed really hard about that. So here we go. Um, I really miss you, Greg. It's so frustrating not being able to share silly stories with you. Uh, your enthusiasm for everything was so contagious and it's part of, it's just part of what made you such an excellent companion for all kinds of adventures, whether it was um, mundane or zany, you tackled all the experiences, tromping through flea markets and hiking up and down mountains with the same kind of deep relish that just made everything with you more fun. When we were hanging on Riverside one year, you really, really wanted me to go see Tio's Tacos. So of course, how could I say no? Uh, for anyone not familiar, Tio's is like a completely bonkers outdoor sculpture museum with tacos uh, that was built by Martin Sanchez. And Greg, you were the perfect goofball guide to everything, as always, insisting that we pose for pictures, sticking our heads through every single one of the doofy uh, joke plywood wooden cutouts. And you were just so game for anything. And you were such a fantastic booster of artists. And you loved sharing a good, tasty story. And you just made everything more fun. And I really miss you so very much. My name is John Gothold, and I had the great pleasure and honor 
to uh, serve as a fellow board member with Greg Escalani uh, at the Grand Central Arts Center starting in 2001 when we were all asked to be on this board together uh, for uh, the next 10 years. And we did some just amazing, amazing shows together. And uh, I guess I wanted to just say a little bit about Greg, you know, personally, when I joined the board, most of the board members had all come over from the Huntington Beach Arch Center, including Greg, and it was a little bit of a click, and I was kind of the oddball Santa Ana guy, and uh, I think the board wasn't really sure what to make of me. You know, the, the founder, Mike McGee, had asked me to be a part of it and sort of put us together, uh, and the first guy that I really connected with in a big way was Greg. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for this. We're about the same age. We both were raised in Southern California. But uh, I think the biggest thing is that both of us grew up with a healthy appreciation for trashy culture. You know, we both loved at Big Daddy Roth and Rat Fink and Zap Comics and uh, tattoos and hot rods and garage rock and roll. And these were just things that we just always grew up as kids loving. Uh, we also were guys that were wise guys in elementary school, got in trouble for mouthing off and, you know, just being generally disrespectful. And uh, I think that those are the things that Greg and I really, truly had in common. I, I think that what really bonded us probably was um, the first really big show that I got to work on with Greg was the uh, Mark Ryden show that had its debut in January of 2002. And I remember in some of those discussions with the board uh, about Mark Ryden, you know, Greg was trying to explain to some of the board members who didn't know who Ryden was, uh, how amazing he was and how this show was really going to be a significant thing. And uh, a lot of the board were just not real convinced uh, especially when Greg said that he wanted to produce a catalog and it needed to be a really nice, full color, beautifully designed by Mark himself uh, catalog. And he was trying to get the board to cough up the funds to help pay for it. And I had known Mark since he was a student back in the 1980s at Art Center. He was a, a student of my wife, Janice Lowry. Met Mark when he was a student hired Mark uh, to do some commercial illustration work for me when he was just getting started uh, at my ad agency. And uh, we'd been friends for a really long time. And so I'd followed Mark's career. I'd been to all of his uh, shows, which at that time, there weren't that many uh, yet. And I knew that he was going to be uh, huge in, in Orange County. This was the first time he was going to have a show in Orange County. And so I started basically stood up in the board meeting and I said, I think that we should support Greg on this. I think we should pay for this. And I also think that we will sell enough catalogs on opening night to make all of our money back. And everybody just kind of looked at me and looked at Greg and they said, okay. And uh, it was the biggest show that Grand Central had done up to that point. It was insane, the amount of people that came. And yes, we made all of our money back on opening night. And I think that, you know, after that, Greg sort of, uh, he, he kind of he looked at me as a real ally who was a true ally, not 
uh, not a political ally, not a learned and educated ally, but somebody who genuinely liked a lot of the same kind of crap and funky, cool shit that Greg did. Um, many of the people that we worked with, you know, through the university were, were professors and they were, they were, you know, highly educated and understood all of the different movements in art. Uh, and they came at it from kind of a cerebral point of view. But I think Greg and I connected because our love for this stuff was very visceral. Uh, it was from the gut. It was from the heart. And I, uh, I think that that's what really put us together. Had I been a surfer too, maybe we would have adopted each other as brothers, but uh, that was one thing that we didn't share. But we sure shared a lot of other great things, and I miss this guy all the time. I think about you often, Greg. Um, I wonder what kind of mischief you're getting in now, and I just want to send you happy, happy birthday greetings, brother. I got to know Greg Escalante a little bit in 2014 when he spoke at the Representational Art Conference in Ventura. And then in 2015, I really got a dose of Greg. Uh, I attended an opening at his gallery in Chinatown where he was there in a white jacket that he was having people sign in uh, Sharpies. And uh, what got me going, what, what really excited me about that opening was that downstairs there was a showing of John Swihart's Instagram selfies of Greg, and they were hilariously funny. I, I was amazed that Greg had let himself be the center of so much fun. So I wrote about that show for the Huffington Post, put up the blog, and a day later I was driving on the freeway and my phone rang and it was Greg Escalante. And I don't know who gave him my phone number. I, I didn't know Greg well, but he called and he thanked me for the blog. And then what really stands out is we just talked for 20 minutes. Uh, I told him I was driving on the freeway and he said, well, he could you know, hang up if it wasn't a good time. I said, no, no, let's chat. And he just asked me about myself, uh, you know, talked a little bit about his gallery and, and he wasn't pitching anything. He was just being friendly. He wanted to reach out to me and uh, be a friend. So we chatted for quite a while. Uh, and I just remember how unassuming he was, he, you know, when he called, this is Greg, and I knew who it was. Uh, so I really understand looking back that uh, he was someone that he liked people. Uh, he, he thought people were important. He made an effort to be friendly, and that made quite an impression on me, which of course came to mind uh, when I heard about his passing. My name is John Swihart, and thank you for including me on this birthday tribute to Greg Escalante. I worked on a lot of collaborations with Greg over the years, and anytime you were involved on any project with Greg, you knew it was going to be a lot of fun and you were in for a wild ride. The collaboration I remember the most became known as the Greg Selfies. The way that started was I was commissioned to paint a portrait of Greg, and so we met for a photo session, and he was taking lots of uh, different poses, and one of the poses he came up with was holding his cell phone up and smiling into it as though he was taking a selfie. I didn't use that for his painted portrait, but later I photoshopped it into the iconic photo of Lee Harvey Oswald being shot by Jack Ruby and sent it to Greg as a joke. And he went absolutely crazy over this and ended up posting it. And it was a big hit. And 
that started a collaboration that lasted for four years and um, resulted in over 300 images. And it was really a fun and fluid collaboration. It morphed into um, all sorts of permutations. Uh, it was sort of an alternate universe um, where Selfie Greg was present at all sorts of huge world events. He hung out with the Rat Pack. He hung out with Salvador Dali. Even performed on stage with Anne Margaret. And had a family, an alternate family, and a love child named Baby Mofo, who was, uh, even though he was in diapers, he was already wearing Greg glasses and a Greg hat. And Greg always wrote the captions for all these selfies, which are always spot on and I thought really hilarious. And so other artists started to contribute to the selfie Greg universe, including the Beast Brothers and Brett Crawford. And it was a blast. When Greg opened his gallery in Chinatown, he decided to have a show of the selfies. And it was very successful. Uh, the, the art writer, John Seed, wrote a real positive review on it. And a lot of the prints were selling. At this point in my life, I had had a painting career for over 40 years. And at the opening, lots of people came up to me and said, uh, that they were big fans of my work. And so I uh, assumed that they were talking about my paintings, but invariably, none of them even knew I was a painter. And that sort of poked at my uh, fragile ego. And um, when I mentioned it to Greg, uh, I'll never forget, he just laughed and said, well, at least someone's finally talking about you. Like everyone, I was very shocked and saddened when Greg passed away. And a couple days later, uh, an image came to me that I just couldn't shake. And it was of Greg taking one last selfie while ascending into heaven. I was nervous about posting it because I was worried that it would be seen as flippant and disrespectful, but I was greatly relieved when everyone embraced it and understood that it was meant as a deeply heartfelt tribute to Greg. I met Greg several times over the years because we would go to the same opening, same parties, everything else, but it wasn't until about 2007 when he came by my place for a meeting. And on the piano was a Calder wire circus sculpture, but this one had a chainsaw and Greg was instantly curious about it and said, what is this? And I told him it was one of a series of forgeries of some of my favorite artists. If they did chainsaw pieces, Greg said, how many do you have? I told him oh, there's seven or eight. And he said, could you come up with 30 or 40? I'd like to show these cut to 18 months later, show at grand central arts a catalog, and it got named the OC Weekly Art Show of the Year. Uh, and all of that is due to Greg. Thank you so much, buddy. I miss you. Well, there you go. Amazing. Uh, I don't know how he found so much time to be so... So, so supportive to all the, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, like there's only was, so much time in the day. I, like, how does he? I was thinking about that, and I realized that he was so charming, and he basically had the time because he would put these things together 
but he had everyone else doing a lot of the footwork. (laughs) (laughs) He had soldiers. He was the general. And you didn't mind because you wanted, you just wanted to be in his presence. So I I was thinking about like the gallery and me and Wendy and all those meetings we would have without him about how we're going to get all this shit done. And like, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it was a lot of work to get, you know, to do what he wanted to do. Well, that, but he never yeah. seemed like it was effortless for him, you know. Well, that was, you know, that was his brilliance is actually putting people together, is to connecting exactly. people, you know. He yeah. said the first time we worked together, he had I I think Wendy, you recommended me to him to do PR for the Odd Nerdrum show that he was doing. He had this whole idea about bringing Odd Nerdrum to the United States and calling Odd Nerdrum lowbrow art. And he was like, I think I need a publicist. And Wendy had recommended me. And we didn't even know each other that well, Wendy. And, uh, and I was like, okay. Um, and so I met with him and we met outside in Chinatown and he's telling me the whole history of Odd Nerdrum and all of this. And, you know, and, uh, and the, right out the gate, I got his pitch. Like he basically was telling me how to pitch it, you know? And, um, and I got the pitch together and I immediately went out to LA times and they picked it up and we got the, the story was going next week and they did the whole thing. And he was so stoked. And when it came out, he came up to me, he's like, you and I are going to take over the art world. And, uh, and he would always say that to me. And I was just like, oh, my God, we are. I'm going to take over the art world with Greg Escalante. I later found out he said that to a lot of people. but <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, you know. <laughs> Pied Piper strikes again. Man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> when when do you talk to you? You mentioned um, when uh, he discovered um, Robert's work on the cover of Thrasher, you know, and, and sort of had this like aha moment of like, oh, there's the good art. It's like, what do you think? Like, what did he mean by that? Like he, he wasn't using the term low brown so much, certainly not way back then, well, but um, he was just looking for something that uh, what, like that inspired him or that, you know, it, was, it sounds like maybe he was like sort of thirsty for, for, uh, for art that spoke to him in a certain way. And when he found it, he knew it. Well, that, I mean, that was the thing. I don't think he was looking. I think it just like smacked him in the face. It was like everything that, everything that, that he, it was like, you know, every, the, everything that he like grew up with, everything, you know, that influenced him was like in this painting, you know, everything that inspired him was just like right there, you know, all the pop culture and the, you know, he was a surfer and, you know, he grew up in, you know, like Huntington Beach or Orange County area and just like everything was in that painting and it just like spoke to him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the narratives of the painting. Yeah. I think really, mm. and, and a lot of them had like chaos and just like so mm. much stuff going on. And I think he just was really drawn to that. But this is, it sounds like to me, this is a story of true love, right? Like, like, like two, two, you know, two forces coming together. uh, And, and, you know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, hello, um, uh, you know, uh, T and T, you know, boom, (laughs) or whatever, right? It's like, uh, he, 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 it was, it was, it was a love story. They, They found each other. For sure. I think it was even a detriment to his other, uh, you know, romantic relationships at times. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> mistress. The... <laughs> so, um, I was curious, Wendy, what uh, just when you mentioned um, 
that Greg had found Robert and what gallery was Robert selling at? Where was he? Was it Tamara? Bain? Where was he at? Back then, like, uh, was it Tamara Bain? I don't recall if it was Tamara Bain. I think it might well, I I think like it was Tamara before Bain. that. Okay. Because the, the little bit of history that I know is that um, uh, Mary Karnowski was working at, uh, at the, at Bain and, um, and she was like a, you know, a gallery assistant and she um, got to know Robert and Greg and all of that. And when she was ready to leave, like they sort of encouraged her to start her own like white cube gallery. And, you know, she really worked hard to bring in a lot of these, um, you know, um, lowbrow artists who had never been, you know, in a white cube space who had come from like La Luce and, and things like that, that were a little bit more funky in the way that they presented work. And she sort of took work into, um, you know, a traditional gallery space, like, 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 uh, Todd Shore and, and artists like that, that, you know, and, and I know, like, I just think, it, you know, as we talk about Greg and his relationships to artists, his relationships to gallerists were also really unique and fun. And I mean, when Greg would come into a gallery, you know, A, he was a buyer. Um, so that's always exciting. And B, he could, he could, you know, he could make or break a show right there. Do you know what I mean? And he, I think that the gallerists really loved him. I know Andrew from ThinkSpace, he was a huge mentor of his. And um, so all these, you know, galleries that are in that sort of level of, of the art world, he was a really important part of their growth as well. And also the artists that they could, you know, um, become a part of their gallery systems as well. And they look to Greg for his insights, you know, so. So, you know, there've been many references to, you know, Greg buying art and, and artists giving uh, Greg art. I mean, my God, I mean, what a collection of art this guy has or, or must, you know what I mean? Like, whew, that's a, that's a, that's a treasure chest right there, isn't it? But I mean, that's the thing. In the, in the most beautiful way. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't think he really hung on to it. Like he was into like buying it and selling it. Like he didn't. He would oh, trade. Yeah. He would yeah. He's a buyer. Yeah. He's a trader. He would also, he would also put art in people's houses. Like I know tons of people who are like, yeah, Greg just gave me this painting <laughs> to borrow. Put into my <laughs> if that's like, true. I mean, tons of people who are like, yeah, Greg just gave me, I have my, fr uh, Jacob Patterson who works with me, um, from who was it with, the uh, think tank gallery. He told me that he was doing a real p rough pop-up gallery down in the, um, down at a swap meet, like way down in East LA. And it was going to be this like art pop-up. It was pretty, you know, rough, you know, and uh, for an art gallery space. And Greg let, he asked Greg if he could um, borrow a couple shepherds, a, a shepherd and a Chaz. And they, with no problem, Greg just let him take those those pieces down to the swap meet and for this pop up art show. <laughs> like, Amazing. And Jacob said to me, "I will never forget. Like I felt so like it was the first time someone trusted me with something so important, and it, it really instilled in me that I could be trusted with this kind of work. And I just thought that was so cool, you know? I yeah." Know. <laughs> <laughs> he was like that. <laughs> I know you didn't like that work going down the swap. Well, yeah, I mean, I just remember uh, he did like drop. I don't know if you were there, Heidi, when he dropped that Chaz piece in front of the gallery. I think it was no. a print, but it, he, okay. <laughs> he, 
like just like was carrying a bunch of pieces. I think he was taking them down to like the um an art fair like down in Long Beach <laughs> and he yeah. was like loading stuff into his car or drop I don't remember. And he, he had this Chaz, I think it was a print that he had framed, and he just dropped it on the sidewalk, and I was just like, oh my god. Um, Crazy. Yeah, and then he would just, like, pack his car, the back of his car, just, like, stacked Still. up full of art. Still with art and surfboards. And surfboards. Like, this is all this art and surfboards. And you're like, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like that should probably be... <laughs> transported in different ways <laughs> like in the art was not like i don't even know if it was wrapped up you know there would be paintings that weren't even wrapped up or anything they were just like taken off the wall and thrown in the back of his car <laughs> but he was like that yep <laughs> i think he just felt like everyone should have art like i think he felt really totally. um, strongly that everyone should be able to have art i mean i think that was part of that like though it was like jeff gillette's idea he loved when we did a jeff gillette show where jeff gillette basically took all these mickey mouse like thousands of mickey mouse drawings and things and threw them all over the floor the whole gallery was just littered with art because jeff gillette's whole thing is about how disney art ends up in landfills and all this stuff so it was all his disney sketches all over the floor and basically you could come in i think it was like for twenty dollars or something you could pick like five pieces and just go and this is jeff gillette who's like selling and doing well and you could have these like works on paper and greg loved people just coming in and grabbing stuff and being able to just and they took such pride in it you know and i, I think that he really you know in a, especially now it's interesting because after years of a of an art market that felt very exclusive and and not inclusive, I think he was always ahead of his time in the sense that he wanted everyone to enjoy art and everyone should be invited to the party. And whether you can buy art or not, you should be able to, you know, feel it and live with it and all of this stuff. So I, I feel like he he really broke down that barrier too. Even when we were doing the LA art show and they always had like the the special night kind of thing, you know, where it's only VIPs, he would like fight like hell to make sure all those artists got in, like everybody gets in, you know, and, you know, he was just like that, you know? Well, my, actually my favorite sales story, cause I mean, Greg, he wasn't really into like the hard sell all the time, but that my favorite story is when he sold all those F. Scott Hess paintings for the LA art show. Do you remember that? Those little pink. Actually, I, <laughs> I remember he was on the phone when we got those in because like you can't get an F. Scott Hess painting for like under, no. I know what, like $50,000. He's, like, he's like, you better buy one of these. Well, they're going to go. Fast. And I was like, really? And he's like, you better. Like, I mean, I think they're, and I was like, okay. And at that time I wasn't, I mean, I made money, but it wasn't in a position to be buying art, you know? And I was like, I don't know. And I asked Wendy, I'm like, should I? You're like, yeah, you should. But well, you can't. I mean, his work is, is like, you just can't. His work is at a certain price level, but Greg's yeah. like on the phone calling everybody he knew going, you need to buy one of these. But I mean, he was right. But I mean, you know, he sold like all of them in like five minutes. It was yeah. like amazing. Wow. It was a frenzy. <laughs> and I love those paintings. Those are, I wish I could have bought one. But I mean, if you didn't have the money, I certainly didn't have the money. 
but but yeah, I mean, make especially like at an art fair, make you know F. Scott Hess's at you know smaller at that price point. You know that was amazing. You know that was that was a means for a, a me being a starter collector to be like, okay, I'm going to do that. You know, like that's you know, I think I had to do a payment plan, but it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hey, you want to hear from some more artists? Yes, yes. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Feliz cumpleaños, Grexito. It's Ernesto from the Beast Brothers, Carlos and Ernesto East. Uh, we wish you a happy birthday. You're not here with us, but you're always, always, always in our minds and in our memories. And we love you, bro. Um, one thing that we always liked about Greg is that he was always down for having food or for adventure. So it was always nice to, you know, go grab some food, paddleboard, and then take a nap. Then wake up again, go for more food, go take a walk. I don't know, play in the swimming pool. We used to have really fun times playing in the swimming pool, uh, making all sorts of games and, and nonsense. So we miss you. We love you. Take it easy. Bye. This is Christina Drake, and I just miss you every day. We all miss you every day. The thing that I remember most about Greg is I always thought of him as the instigator that he would encourage you to to get into all sorts of nonsense, whether it was paddle boarding in the pitch dark with the water full of little bioluminescent creatures or spontaneous beach bonfires or trying new food, new restaurant, you know eating chicken hearts together and grossing out the Beast Brothers. Just, uh, you were always going to have a good time. And no no end to the uh, creativity and the encouragement. So, happy birthday, Greg. We miss you every day. I am uh, Robert Berman, uh, owner of Robert Berman Gallery. I wanted to wish... Greg, a happy birthday. He's um, been a friend of mine since the 80s when he first uh, bought a work of art, a work uh, by Greg Gibbs, uh, which I believe he has told me was the first work he had collected. And um, I'm still working with Greg and I'm sad to say that obviously we're not working with uh, Mr. Escalante. Um, he's been a, uh, even though I am was older and have sold him art, he became a mentor to me in his approach and his fearlessness in uh, collecting showing and representing the artists which other galleries did not show anyway my hat's off to him so um keep on trucking wherever you are greg you were uh truly a great collector and a amazing uh dealer all the best yes my friend that's what i'd hear on the other end of the phone when there was some event coming up and 
artist opportunity, uh, time for tacos. My name is Greg Gibbs, and I always thought that that was our special code. Um, little did I know that he used that line with everybody. And I guess that was his own way of making everybody feel special. Um, I was honored to put together an artist remembrance article for Juxtapose magazine in honor of Greg. And it really made me realize how many lives he touched, how many artists he cared about. Um, I miss him every day. Happy birthday, RC. Cheers. Well, well, well. I mean, I I don't know how many artists that we have have listened to or heard from yet. I mean, we have like a, like fifty. How many did we end up getting? Fifty five. Over fifty. Um, let me look. And I to be clear, it's artists, collectors, patrons, friends. Um, but so many. I think fifty important 50, people here. Fifty six. Wow. And I mean, let's let's be clear. These people did not hesitate. Right. I mean, like no. the, there was like no work chasing these folks. I no, mean, they I, were generous and, and expedient in with fact, their generosity. Someone, ab- someone above and beyond to be able yes, to. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, some of these names, it's like the who's who. It's like crazy. You know, Liz McGrath. I mean, you gotta be, come on. Jorge Gutierrez, Shag. I know. Wow. I mean, Camille Rose Garcia. I mean, I mean, I, I the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Well, he was so supportive and, and, and even kind of like, even with, with Jorge, didn't Jorge Gutierrez, didn't he, wasn't that his first sort of art show coming out of, you know, animation and illustration. Um, so, so he also kind of created avenues like new avenues for Liz McGrath, I think also. Right. Like, it's like, it wasn't even just support. It was like aspirational and motivational and, and like supportive and like you can do this try it you know do this you know he had an eye for some uh, potential i think and i guess this is just all of that all of those years of support reflecting back on him you know with these artists willingness to to kind of you know offer a few kind words and some gratitude and i mean it's it's really lovely yeah, I think he's, I mean, he is, uh, when I talk to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out, I'm still even COVID, but, you know, out and about in the galleries and stuff. And he's, he's, he's a great presence that's missed. You know what I mean? I, I don't even mean, I, I don't mean the close personal friendships, just in, in the, in the community, you know, people really miss seeing him at art shows and just being around. There was, there was just a, there was just an energy from him that that made everything a little bit more exciting and interesting and you know and you kind of wanted to see the stuff that Greg was looking at and like what he was interested in and you know and and so you know it, it you know him not being here is is i think people really miss him so i think you know everybody wanted is looking for an opportunity to to talk about him and remember him and to feel like he's in the room for a minute you know well, and I think the you know what people were telling me was that the fun is like missing, like the fun in the art world because you know he made everything fun. Like we had all these openings, and there was a million people, and it was fun, and there were bands playing, and there was food, and he just made Our it fun. China were so fun; they were I insane. Have <laughs> I work on a lot of different events, and I'm very lucky to work on a lot of fun things, but. 
those Chinatown openings were just the most amazing special time, you know? I mean, we'd have that entire street just filled with people dancing and drinking and talking and about art. And it was just, it was amazing. And that was all him, you know, they, they all came for him, Yep. you know, and the artist. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, you know, there was something about like how he would set it up he'd be like okay we have to have little jewel cater and the food truck and he'd get like the popsicle wagon and and and, like the goofy (laughs) band you know he'd always want some like crazy off-the-wall band remember that weird like robot yes they were um (laughs) dolphin dolphin force actually they were friends with um (laughs) esther pearl watson i think that's how we found them that was but cool. he loved that band. Yeah, they were they were amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what were some of his favorite bands? Uh, you know, uh, talk about his music, love for music. Well, I remember he I went through this phase where he was into yacht rock. Do you remember that, Heidi? <laughs> Yeah, well, that explains the uh, the, the, the hat, the hat yeah, right? He was, <laughs> he was having like a throwback, like eighties phase, right? Do you know what that deal is with that, Heidi? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what. I mean, I know he had been hanging out in San Pedro a lot, so I don't know. <laughs> is that a San Pedro thing? <laughs> I'm not sure, but well, and then like the whole psychedelic thing, you know, the Orange Sunshine Show, and like all that like hippie music, and I mean, I honestly don't know. I think he liked everything. I mean, I always assumed that he liked surf music. I think I made him a mixtape once that had a lot of surf music on it. He said he liked it. I don't know. I, I don't know. He liked weird, he liked weird trippy stuff. Uh, he went with me one time to a, um, me and Julie Beasy uh, dragged him to a uh, Johanna Went talk but then it had it was a talk but it was sponsored by cal art so they had some weird trippy experimental bands afterwards and stuff like that and he got really into it oh yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah i was like i think i gotta go but <laughs> well you know that sort of that sort of gets to the, the psychedelics conversation sort of gets to spirituality on some level i mean what what you know talk about greg's spirituality was was he was he a spiritual guy I mean, I can, I, I, I think he, you know, he was raised Catholic for sure. He came from a, he comes from a, a religious family, but I think he became more spiritual in the sense, mm. less religious. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously the ocean um, mm. and, you know, that, that was a big spiritual spot for him and being able to paddle out and surf and things like that. Um, but you know, as far as the psychedelic stuff goes, I mean, I, I, I think he just, you know, I don't know pre- specifically what he believed, but I think he believed there was a force bigger than us that sort of, you know, um, guided us and things like that without bringing religion too much into it. That's not to say that he did. He appreciated, I think, religious iconology and things like that. And he, you know, um, but I think he, he, he kind of wiggled his way out of the, the heaviness of religion. And Do you know if he ever made it to the Vatican as a Catholic? I don't know. Do you know, Wendy? I know. That's a good question. I don't know. I know that he went to Spain not that long ago, but I don't know if he went to the Vatican. No, I don't know of him going to Italy in the time that I knew him, but I would imagine if he went, he probably would have went gone to the Vatican. There's a lot of art there. Cool stuff, though, that he would like. They have like weird stuff there. 
But I, you know, I consider myself to be, you know, a somewhat informed person. And I thought that I understood uh, and had a realistic understanding of the wealth and power of the Catholic Church until you go to the Vatican. Can't really understand. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. After I, I I just recently went for the first time a couple of years ago. And um, it is, it you know, at first it's very exciting. You're in the Vatican. And after an hour and a half, you're just like. <laughs> This is intense, all this money, and it just feels so, and I mean, you know, the treatment of women in some of these sculptures. It's a a little obscene, really, isn't it? It's it's, it's really intense, you know? You're like, by the end of it, you're just like, wow, man, that's uh, heavy. I don't feel inspired at all. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see the relics. I'm just like, show me the body parts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know they got the bones of Christ that they just don't want, you know, you to know that um but but yeah i just know you know a guy like greg is not gonna i mean he shows up in the vatican i mean he, he's he would have loved it i know but uh i'm sure he saw it. A, wendy i'm curious like i don't even really know when or how you met greg was it were you already uh, working at or like how did that go down that's kind of a long story Okay, <laughs> but I'll try and give the we got, short. It's a version. podcast, Wendy. We got all the time here. This is yeah. <laughs> well, it's my show. We can go as long as we want. What's really weird is that my older sister and brother-in-law knew Doug Nason, who was his partner in Copro. So I kind of knew what Doug Nason was up to for years. Like I even when Doug, because they first started selling prints, like prints by Big Daddy Roth and stuff like that, and Doug and Greg. But Greg was a silent partner, so I didn't I don't think I even knew his name. Like I knew about Copro Nason and I had been to Copro Nason and I knew Doug because I was um a graphic designer and I was designing album covers and I was on this committee as part of the Grammys that votes for the album covers before it, because before it goes out to all the Grammy voters to vote for best album cover. I mean, a lot of people don't even know, like, I'm sure that I don't even know if they do it anymore because there aren't even really album covers barely. So anyway, um, a friend of mine came to me and said, well, we got to get a lifetime achievement award for this guy. I just met this guy who created the very first album cover. His name is Alex Steinweiss. In 1939, he was the first person to put art on an album cover. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, because nobody had heard of this guy. Like, if you if you guys own any 78 records, chances are you have a cover that he designed. Because he did, like, thousands of them. And they're really beautiful. They're kind of like Art Deco-y looking illustrations. They're gorgeous. And then he went on. He went on. He actually invented the very first, like, 12-inch album cover. He actually came up with the design. I mean, you know, it's 12 by 12, but anyway. But he was still alive at the time. This was like in 2007 or something. So we were, you know, we were trying to lobby the Grammys to give him, award him with like a Lifetime Achievement Award. And we came up with the idea, well, we've got to do an art show and like show people, you know, what his art looks like. And then that way they'll be like, yeah, we'll give him an award. So we wanted to, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm game. I'll look you know research this because <laughs> none of us have you know we're all graphic designers we didn't know how to put an art show together so um i was living on the west side at the time and there was this like little farmer's market on venice boulevard and i go down i would go down there all the time and i ran into lc okay lc works at think space with andrew lc would dj at this farmer's market 
And he had he as part of Cannibal Flower, he had this kind of pop up gallery right next to the farmers market. And I wandered into it one day, and I just started talking to LC. And the next thing I knew, I started talking about to him about the show. He was super approachable, and he wanted to do it. He's like, "That's an amazing idea," and he came up with this idea of doing this tribute show to artists that you know could because he thought, well, that would be a really good draw because nobody knows who Alex Steinweiss is, but if you do a tribute show to Alex Steinweiss as part of the show and and I'm like, that's awesome. Like, let's do it. And then he's like, well, you need a curator. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm like, who should I ask to curate? And he's like, well, Greg Escalante. And I'm like, okay, well, I've heard of him, but I don't know him. Well, and also, you know, sidebar, I had been reading juxtaposing art alternatives since the very beginning. Like I'm, I was always a fan of like, that's another side note that I had met Robert, um, Robert Crumb when I was nine years old and he gave me, that's another story, but he gave me a stack of, a stack of Zap comics when I was nine years old. Believe it or not, my wow. parents let me look wow. at those. That's a whole nother podcast, that's Wendy. We're, podcast. we're coming yeah. back to that one. That's an amazing so story. So I knew who Robert Williams was. I also had a friend who was like friends with Robert and Suzanne and like on the hot rod side would like hang out with them. So she would drag us, well, not drag me because I was a fan, but I would go to like all his openings and stuff like that. So I knew Robert and I had followed his career because um, I had, you know, I had was a fan of Zap Comics. So I was like into lowbrow art, like before it was called lowbrow. So I was in this whole world anyway, and I would reject suppose anyway. So um, Elsie's like, well, you, you, sh- you got to get a hold of Greg Escalante. So, and then I, you know, I was kind of in that world. So I had a friend that knew Greg and introduced me. And I just like called him up and told him the idea. And he's like, that's amazing. I want to do it. And like all of a sudden we were best friends. Like that's how Greg was. Like when he found an idea that he was into, like he would just like, he's all in. And he was calling me on the phone like every day. And that's kind of how I got to know him because there's so many people out there. Like even if you meet Greg and you get to know him, like you don't really get to know him unless you're working on a project with him. Like I know so many people that knew him and saw him at openings and said hi, but like they're like, he's really hard to get to know. Well, that's true unless you're like working on a project with him because like we were instant best friends. Like he's calling me every minute. He was so, cause he'll like, you know, discover a new artist or a new project. And he's just, just like all in, like he was so into this idea because his favorite thing was to like discover an artist that no one's ever heard of. Like this was just kind of the combination of his like favorite thing in the whole world. Like, no one's heard of this person. I want to introduce them to the him to the world. <laughs> like this is the ultimate. So we and we couldn't. I wanted to do the show at Copro, and I was like beyond the moon. Like I knew about Bergamot and like Copro Gallery, and and he's like, we're gonna do this at Bergamot, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is like my wildest dreams coming true, <laughs> and I was just like blown away. We couldn't do it at Cabra because I wanted to do it at a certain time because like Grammy week was coming up and I was trying to do it at Grammy week. He talked to Robert Berman, the Robert Berman gallery, which he's friends with. And Robert loved the idea. So we ended up doing it at the Robert Berman gallery. We ended up getting, I think, like 50 album covers. 
Greg curated this tribute show, which was like all, you know, all of Greg's artist friends were in the show. But we had, we had people like, um, uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top did a tribute to Alex Steinweiss. We had huge art, album cover artists like Mick Haggerty. Another one is Tommy Steele, who did album covers for like Tom. What year Cody. was that, Wendy? This, what year was that? The show opened in, I think it was late 2008. Right on, right on. Hey, guys. You wait, should we should we hear from some more artists? Yes. All right, let's 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 listen. This is Doug Harvey, LA-based artist, critic, curator, whatever. Greg was one of the smartest, most generous, and most open-minded people I've met. I was going to say in the art world, but actually ever. In spite of the fact that my art practice and critical writing are firmly rooted in modernism and the mainstream art world, and my involvement with the juxtaposed world has been mostly peripheral, Greg and I shared a lot of wavelength. But I'm sure a lot of people felt that way. Greg was very present. The one thing I want to say for the record is that Greg helped me in my so-called career more than anyone in the mainstream art world. He was m instrumental in, in my getting to collaborate with him on the amazing Rick Griffin retrospective at Laguna Museum, and it was his recommendation that allowed the spectacular aspects of Mel's whole show to come into being at Grand Central Art Center. I'm a little thick about these things sometimes, but as far as I could tell, Greg didn't want anything in return for these and many other favors. He just wanted to make things happen. So happy birthday, Greg Escalante, wherever you are. What's up? This is LC, co-owner of Think Space Gallery, along with my partner, Sean and Andrew Hosner. I'm very grateful to Copro and Greg and Gary for uh, giving me my first official curated show in an art gallery. Before that, I was doing an underground art event called Cannibal Flower. It was a once a month, month event where, you know, I booked bands, I booked DJs, I booked fetish and weird performances and hung a group show of 120 people a month with one featured artist. And people started paying attention to that. And Greg and... Gary offered me a show at Copro, and I think that was just like the beginning for me where I felt like I do want to have a real art career and own a gallery and do it right and not just do it underground. And because they invited me in and let me do that, um, I'm very grateful. And I'm going to end it on that note and just say we really miss you, Greg. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, Greg. How, how I wish that you were here with us to celebrate with your, uh, with your quirky bad self. Yes, my friend. Yes, you are missed. You are thought of daily. Your teachings and influence are with me at every step I take. Much love, my friend. Much love. My name is Suzanne Williams. Greg was a really good friend, and he loved to use the phone. In fact, that's what made him such a good bond broker, because he was really good with the phone, um, 
and he was really social. And Greg used to keep in touch with us a lot. He'd call pretty often. And uh, it had been a while before he called this time. And so when he called, I asked him, what happened? Where was he? What was he up to? Why was it so long? And he said he had an ear fungus. And I couldn't resist teasing him about, well, it's because you're on the phone all the time. And then he told me he, from surfing, he would get water in his ears. And because he was on the phone so much, it turned into an actual serious problem just by virtue of using the phone on top of the water in his ears. So um, I thought that was pretty funny. I was I thought it was pretty funny how honest he was about the whole thing. It didn't bother him at all that he had an ear fungus and it was because he talked on the phone. If the phone rang, um, when you picked it up, if you heard, uh, yes, my friend, you immediately knew it was Greg, because Greg always started a phone call with, yes, my friend, and he also ended a call the same way. And the interesting thing about that was uh, he said it with the same amount of enthusiasm and exuberance every single time. It never diminished. Um, so happy birthday, Greg. And we're back. This, this is such a special episode. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here kind of buzzing. I mean, my, 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 I've gotten chills, you know, how, like when your hair, it goes up sometimes on your arm, when you hear like just beautiful stories, like that's happened to me a couple of times during this, uh, this episode. I mean, I'm just so, um, moved you know, that we gathered today and got together to honor Greg and celebrate his life. I mean, this is sort of our, uh, I guess our, our final segment of the, of the show. Um, you know, we, we've got to, you know, what stories, what, what haven't we said, you know, what, what, this what, is, what, this what, was what, a what, tip what, of the know, iceberg. There are so many, sto- I mean, filtering <laughs> through my brain. I'm like, Oh, what about that Mexico city I know, trip? Honey, you got to talk, like, you got to talk yeah. about Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best time he, went, he dragged me. I was like, I don't want to go to a Mexican wrestling show. <laughs> it was the best time I've ever yes, had. You do. I was fully screaming and like so yep. into it. He got me to wear a mask. Luchadores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and he also, I went on this Mexico City trip with him. And not only did he make me do that, he we had all heard about that creepy doll island yes. in Mexico. <laughs> that's on that, that like people like it's creeperama like nobody goes there anymore and he insisted and like we got this guy we we brought our friends were with us somebody spoke spanish so we were able to talk to a guy and talk him into letting us he would rent we he would take us there on his boat and uh we all got there and it was creepy we we step out and the whole island is just like old dolls that have been strung up and have i mean i'm talking about thousands and it's apparently the story or the folklore is that a man who lived there had lost or a a man had lost his child and he went and lived on this island and every toy doll that 
washed up on shore, which I'm like, how many are washing up on shore? He strung them through this whole island and it's just wild. And like, I would have never done something like that. Without and where in Mexico is this? Where, where is this? <laughs> it's outside of Mexico city. I forgot what that section of town is where the, where the canals okay. are and all those little islands. But, um, but they call it Doll Island, and uh, wow. it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some fun trips. We we did some cool stuff. Like I definitely miss like having my. Did Greg have a like an annual trip? I mean, he was a big surfer, so it was like, did he like plan an annual surf trip every year? Like, like what was his travel style like? I do think. He- I mean, I don't think he had like something no. set, but he did. I think anybody, everybody was always excited when he was. I remember when he went to Ireland with Brit to meet. Uh, Sandow Burke to have a have a surf trip in Ireland, which you know that was pretty cool. Um, and then he did another Europe trip with his daughter, and um, he'd go up north a lot to Santa Cruz. And you know, he just he did love to travel, but he also loved being. I mean, like he loved being in yeah. Orange County and with his friends and family and stuff like that. He was definitely super into his family and and you know very loving father and partner and. All of those things. So, I, I mean, I, as much as he loved to travel, um, I think he also was happy being home. We used to do Miami. We did Miami together a couple times um, for the big fairs. And the first, actually, the first time we had just become friends because I had done the odd nerdrum. And then the next thing was Miami. And what we didn't know about each other is that we were both super early risers. And so in Miami, it's kind of small. And so I would wake up at like five in the morning and go for my little walk on the beach. And there would be Greg Escalante. And he's like, what are you doing out here so early? And I was like, I'm an early bird. And he's like, me too. What's your number? And I gave my number. And then every day we met in the morning and had walks and got smoothies. And ever since that moment, even before I started working for him like full time, um, he would, he was my morning text buddy. Like he knew that he could text me at like four in the morning and we could like get into it and talk about art and talk about stuff. And, you know, and I loved it. I totally appreciated it. Wow. Yeah. Good. And that that was like when, and I'm a late person, so I'd be like up late working, <laughs> and I'd always be like, uh oh, I got to get offline before Greg starts like getting up and texting me, <laughs> or else I'll never get to sleep. So Greg, Greg didn't really sleep. I mean, a couple hours. To, no, yeah, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't a big sleeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would take naps though on the couch at the gallery. He would. He would take naps in the gallery on the couch. Yeah, right. totally. <laughs> <laughs> with his hat on his head and he'd just be out. Yeah, That's yeah. great. It's funny. Well, guys, I tell you what, this, this episode is going to go down. Um, I think go down in history. Uh, this is such a special, special time and, and, and all the love and all the sentiment, uh, everybody's generosity of spirit um, to help us celebrate Greg's life, his work, his birthday coming up. You know, I've just, you know, just sitting here sort of speechless. Yeah. yeah, we could probably talk about Greg for another few hours. Oh, for sure. It, maybe, you know what? We, maybe maybe we have to start another podcast just about Greg. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, call it the good art or something. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, who knows? But um, there, there is so much. And I mean, Hans, how are you feeling, man? It's great, but it does feel a little bit like a tip of the iceberg, honestly. So, but, but I just love, love hearing it. I just, Really love like you know uh, hearing people like um, Shepard and and um, and Liz and you know I, I love hearing these kind of personal stories about how much Greg's support meant to them, you know, and um, I can just really kind of identify with with what that means when you have you know people like 
people like that in your life, it can really kind of be your fuel to kind of keep going, you know, and, and, and artists deal with so much, you know, self-doubt and just kind of weird kind of ups and downs or whatever. And, and so besides all the great stuff that he kind of did for the scene and for the movement and for the community on an individual level, I think I just get a, a sense that he really, um, really helped a, a lot of people be the best that they could be in, in that contact, in that way, you know, and, you know, I, I, I can't think of a much better way to spend a life really. Exactly. Well, yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to mention is that he really, he actually changed people's lives. I mean, yeah. it, you know, we're talking yeah. about Liz McGrath. I mean, she acknowledges that, that like, you know, he, and pretty much everybody he came in contact with, right? Heidi, he changed your life. He definitely yeah. changed my life for sure. Yeah. You also really wanted him to be proud of you. Do you know what I mean? I think like you really wanted, I know a lot of people who sort of started with him or he developed a little bit and even went on, you always looked back to make sure he was proud of you, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. For any sort of thinking, uh, compassionate, uh, empathetic person, right? I mean, we 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 all want to hopefully, right, leave the world a little better off than than when than when we found it. And who knows if if if, if I'll do that, if if any of us will do that. But Greg certainly did. He, you know, the world's a better place because he was in it. Agreed. Happy birthday! Yes, happy, happy birthday! birthday Greg. Happy happy birthday! Yes, Greg. yes, my friend. Yes, my friend. <laughs> yes, my friend. <laughs> This is so great. Thanks for putting it together. Oh, Thanks, thank you guys for joining. And we're going to, we're going to, Hey, we got more birthday wishes um, <laughs> coming, coming from up. his, uh, you know, endless list of friends and, <laughs> and loved ones. So uh, we're going to go out with uh, hearing from them. Hi, Heidi, Scott, Hans, and Wendy. Um, my name is Jacqueline Bungie, and I was a friend of Greg Escalante's for many years, and I wanted to thank you so much um, for doing this tribute for him. Um, Greg, wherever you are, I want to wish you a happy birthday. We miss you very, very much, and I miss you every day and think of you. And you know, one of the main things um, that you left behind um, are memories and also a great love of bringing people together. And so many of your friends and your family remember that. So we love you and we miss you. When we were emerging artists, Greg made us feel welcome and seen. He was generally helpful, inclusive, and searingly funny. Thank you, Thank you Greg. Greg. I am Kate Gamble, and I would like to wish Greg Escalante a happy birthday. I remember his infectious smile, the twinkle in his eye when he thought of another created adventure he wanted to pursue, and his selfless nature when it came to helping people. Greg made a huge impact on my life. He was a mentor to me and a friend that supported me. In fact, even to this day when I have a decision to make about my job, I think about what Greg would do and say because he was always there for me, giving me a pep talk, sound advice, and just being a wonderful friend. I will always cherish our special friendship because friends like Greg are a treasure. Stuart Spence. I met Greg in about 89 when Laguna was putting on a show of called Papa Moana of Stesic work. And we loved Stesic and we found that someone else loved his work. And that was Greg Escalante. Bolton Colburn of Laguna Art Museum introduced the two of us. 
and we took off from there. We, he taught us a lot about art. We taught him a lot, a lot about art. We'd already been, my wife and I, Judy may have a separate message, had already been collecting for 15 or 20 years, but we got a whole new emphasis when we came upon the enthusiasms of Greg. Greg was the most generous person I ever met in the art world. People were worried when they first met him and he went trying to offer them help, thinking, what can it be in it for this guy? Nothing except that he loved helping people. Real treasure. Thank you, Greg. This is Judy Spence. I go with Stuart Spence. We met Greg and by the New Year's Eve of 1989, Greg had become indispensable to the two of us. We were at dinner with John Gunnan, and Greg and I were cracking up over the combined insanities of politics, the art world, and the social world. And we realized we needed a motto for the coming decade. And Greg and I together crafted this one, hate the feel-good motto for the 90s. Oh, Greg, you are with us every single day. Happy birthday. You are alive with us always. Thank you. My name is Alex Reyna, and I'd like to wish Greg Escalante happy birthday. I met Greg through my friend, portrait artist, John Swihart, much later on than most people, but he had an enormous impact on me. He brought me back to my true love, art. Through Gregorio Escalante Gallery, I was able to help introduce the functional glass art community to the LA art scene with the glass artist Banjo and Friends Sacramento Vessels show back in October 2016. I remember one night after an opening in Long Beach, as we were leaving a taco place and crossing the street, he told me with a big smile, thanks for introducing me to this community. In the short time I knew Greg, we shared some magical moments that I will forever cherish. Thank you for bringing me back to the art scene, Greg. But most of all, the art scene truly misses you. Yes, my friend. Hi, Greg. This is uh, Tyler Stallings. I'm wishing you happy birthday, and I'm really missing you. And I just want to thank you for having been a big part at the beginning of my curatorial career, helping with exhibitions on Robert Williams, Edgar Leetag at the Huntington Beach Art Center, on the Surf Culture Exhibition at Lagoon Art Museum, and Motorcycle Jackets at UC Riverside, among many other exhibitions. And you were a big part of creating a brand new art movement nationally for the United States through Juxtapose Art Magazine and the artists associated with it. And I was so happy that I could be a part of that and, and ride the crazy train um, with you. So again, thank you, Greg, and I miss you. Happy birthday, Greg, from Deirdre Sullivan Beeman. I'm sure you're partying somewhere out there. Greg Escalante was such a character in his suits and fedora. I was painting weird art and still am, yet 
not until I saw Juxtapose magazine did I really think anyone wanted to see that kind of art. Greg changed all that for me. The best story I have about Greg and how awesome he is, I had my first solo show on the East Coast in Brooklyn at Stephen Romano Gallery. I was so nervous about who would come to the solo. I nervously invited the few people I knew in New York, which included a few high school friends that I barely kept in touch with. To my surprise, a few of them came. I had a blast that night. And one of the reasons is a tall man wearing a light blue suit with a matching light blue skinny tie and a brown fedora walks into the gallery. I could not believe it. I rushed over to him in disbelief. Greg, you are here. I was astonished. He just smiled and laughed. He was in New York for Context Art Fair. He gave me tickets to the fair the next day and met him at Context and got to hang with him for several hours and look at the beautiful odd nerdrums and walked around seeing art through his eyes. What an amazing treat. Thank you, Greg. I'm forever grateful. Hello, this is Myron Dial. I'm a longtime friend of Greg Escalante. Uh, We met some years ago, and without Greg, there would have been very little exposure of my art to the world. I actually never intended to show my art to anyone, but he loved it so much, and he loves art so much, that he decided to give me a one-man show at Grand Central Art Center, which is in Fullerton, and it's part of Cal State Fullerton. The thing that was unique about Greg that I liked so much was if you were talking to him at an opening, let's say, and you were talking and you're enjoying the you know, conversation, and somebody really famous walks in, some famous artist that is just really, everybody just just walks over to and, and, and you talk about. Greg would never, ever walk away from you and go over to that person until your conversation was finished. That showed character, and he honors all artists, regardless of their status in the world. Very few people ever do that. I was in business for years, and I watched people walk away from other people to the higher-ups and the bigger VPs and all the rest. Greg never did that. He loved you. He respected you. He loved what you did, and if he did, he promoted it to everyone he met. He was the greatest friend I ever had. I miss him terribly. I love him. I will always love him. And without him, there would have been no Myron Dial art online or anywhere else for that matter. So thank you, Greg, and happy birthday, and blessings forever. This is Myron Dial saying farewell. Hi, my name is Robert Xavier Burden, and uh, I wanted to wish Greg Escalante a happy birthday. Uh, no doubt, he's uh, he's missed on this on this day uh, by a lot of people. Um, I uh, I met Greg at a time in my life when I was in a pretty bad place about you know, how I how I felt about you know the art world and, and, and my place in it I felt kind of hopeless as an artist um, and uh, 
you know, he was just uh, somebody I feel incredibly fortunate to have had come into my life. Um, he was a, you know, in our world that can sometimes feel quite cold and, and cynical. You know, he was a was a beacon of light, a fire, and I think a lot of a lot of artists felt that. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find too many artists that would ever have anything bad story to, or bad experience with Greg. He was such a a positive man and, and, and so just excited by art. I mean, it, you know, truly a lover of art. You, know, you don't meet those people too often or just uh, absolutely love art. And, and you know, that, that, that made him a risk taker. Uh, he, he was a risk taker as part of his sort of visionary uh, persona. I mean, he took chances on things and I have, incredible respect for him because of that he was uh you know a trendsetter in, in in many ways but i was trying to think of a story to tell but i think really just my fondest memory uh with greg was um in 2017 i had a uh a booth at uh, san diego comic-con and sorry maybe this was 2016 and uh he was there uh in the booth helping me uh, sort of man the booth for a couple of days and uh, he was so you know just excited by everything that was there the spectacle of comic-con you know, the energy of it and so positive um, again not an ounce of cynicism just a joy to be around although i do remember him saying that you know his his brother joe would love this place so much he said he said his you know, all this stuff was really his brother's thing. This, all this pop culture stuff, Star Wars and Batman, dinosaurs and things. That was Joe's thing. But Greg, you know, really seemed to have a, you know, a passion for any kind of art, whether it's lowbrow, whether it's illustration, comic art, whether it's highbrow art, you know, abstraction, naive art. You know, just any kind of uh, art world he, he embraced and he loved. And I, I have enormous respect and admiration for the man, and I miss him a lot. I'm Joe Gibbons, and I'm an art historian who studies an art movement with many names. Some call it lowbrow art. Others say pop surrealism. I've even heard new contemporary art. Regardless of the name, we all agree that Greg Escalante meant the world to the artists, collectors, and admirers of the scene. I first met Greg when I was merely a master's student. I made this pilgrimage out to L.A. to see the Art in the Street show. Greg invited me and my mentor Darius Spieth to the opening of the Street Cred show at the Pasadena Museum of Art. I remember getting there, and it was like a rock show. There was a huge line to get in. There was this electric energy. Greg met us in line and escorted us in like via VIPs. I felt so special. When I got in, I was surrounded by this art that I had seen in the pages of Juxtapose magazine, but I had never seen in person before. I was also starstruck. There were dozens of artists that I knew of and I admired so much, but I never thought I would get the chance to meet. Greg was encouraging and he was insistent that I meet everyone I wanted to talk to. He even patiently escorted me around the space, introducing me to the likes of Mirror One, Jeff Soto, Crayola, Saber, Chaz Bajorquez. I just kept thinking the whole time, I can't believe he's spending his night at this big art show helping me, this shy student. 
I made several more trips out to California, and each one involved spending time at Greg's place and collecting stories from the artists, collectors, and other people that make up the history of this movement. For every profound art movement, there is a patron. For the Surrealists, it was Andre Breton. For the Symbolists, it was Sarpila Dong. For this new contemporary art movement, it will be Greg Escalante. A man who so believed in the vision and the work of these artists, he would stop at nothing to make their stories heard. Greg was a rare character who loved to tell other people's stories more than his own. And it brings me great joy to know that here on his birthday, his story is still being told and shared by those who loved and admired him. And I think he would prefer it that way. Hi, my name is Kelly Chittister. I knew Greg in the same way so many other people knew Greg through the art world and through the museum world. We worked together on a few exhibits in Orange County, such as an exhibit on big eye art and an exhibit on legendary rock photographer, Henry Diltz. Working with Greg wasn't really work at all. I called him a friend first and foremost. Our work meetings often happened over hula pie at Duke's or outings we would take. There really wasn't a lot of work that got done. Mostly there was a lot of laughing at his dad jokes and a lot of gossiping. I was lucky to have Greg in my life and we shared close birthdays, which was very special. So happy birthday, dear friend. I miss you and I think about you all the time. I'll have hula pie this year in celebration of our birthdays. Hello, this is Darius Spieth. I'm a professor of art history at Louisiana State University. Happy birthday, Greg. I wanted to tell you a little bit about Greg. And uh, for me, Greg was definitely an inspiration and a great source of enthusiasm for art and uh, enthusiasm in life in general and the enjoyment of, of, of art. Um, I met Greg for the first time when I was uh, a visiting professor um, at the California Institute of Technology. And I'd known Sando Burke before, and Sando put me in touch uh, with Greg. And um, Greg, Greg was very excited to meet me. And uh, very soon we agreed that this would be a fabulous uh, opportunity to meet Robert Williams. And uh, so I'll be forever grateful. Uh, to Greg to arrange this fabulous dinner with the Williamses in actually the restaurant that was the favorite uh, hangout uh, uh, of uh, the governor of California at this point in time. So it, we, we had a wonderful time and uh, we stayed in touch and I traveled to California multiple times and uh, he put me in touch with other people uh, who uh, then uh, asked me to write essays, especially for the lowbrow low scene. Um, and he was always very open and uh, inspiring and giving. And I remember one anecdote that uh, really stood out in my memory. I was not out in L.A. at this time, but I was uh, in contact with the person who organized the travel group of the friends group of the Louvre Museum in France. And uh, Greg had to show on with Mel Ramos. And uh, so, uh, you know, thanks to me, 
I diverted that group to visit the Mel Ramos exhibition in Greg's gallery, and probably not what they expected, but I do know that they had a great deal of fun, and actually Greg managed to sell them one of his Mel Ramos um, kind of pinup girls. So in any case, Greg, we miss you a great deal. Happy birthday, Greg. We are thinking of you, and you will be forever on everybody's mind as a great source of inspiration. Hi. This is John Gunnan speaking, and I want to tell a story about Greg. I've known Greg since we were in high school together, but in the early 90s, we took a trip to Peru for surfing and culture and art. Uh, Greg, as you know, was a very enthusiastic person, and he was never more enthusiastic than when I saw him in the streets of Cusco, Peru. He decided it was the Florence of South America, and he was reveling in the culture. One night after dinner, we came across the vendor of dolls, handmade dolls in the street. And I would never have been in the market for dolls, but Greg started looking at these dolls. And I'll tell you, they were weird, disturbing things. They were very soulful in their craft, but they were otherworldly looking uh, and bizarre. And Greg got more and more excited about the dolls. He started buying the dolls. And uh, I know that when I went home that night, I started thinking about those dolls and thought, well, maybe I should have bought some. But when I went back the next day, the vendor was gone and we could never find them again. Greg taught me about the value of the instantaneous strike. Strike fast and hard when you want something or when you're interested. Greg came home and gave those dolls away for Christmas presents. If anyone has one, I'd really like to at least see a picture of it. Greg also. Uh, volunteered on that trip to carry home my nine-foot surfboard. Uh, I was uh, going to continue my trip to Bolivia, and I didn't want to take a nine-foot surfboard with me. And I just want to uh, thank Greg for being so kind as to haul an extra nine-foot surfboard through the airports and take it home from me. But then again, that's the kind of friend Greg was. Greg, for me really pulled the art scene together. He really made it interesting. Um, I collect art, and rather than just going to a gallery and pulling things off the wall, um, through Greg, I met a lot of the artists. I enjoyed a, a whole social experience with Greg and different artists, and um, I hosted a the International Art Party um, that's normally held at the convention center, um, a pre-party at my house that Greg completely set up, and it was really great. We all experienced each other. Um, Greg had an ability to introduce you to someone and step back and let your relationship with them carry on, and um, he was fantastic that way. Uh, he made the art world actually extremely interesting to me because we went to different events together, we shared a lot of the same ideas, um, and we both uh, surprisingly had the same appreciation in art. Um, the art inside my home and Greg's home very much looked the same. Um, I greatly miss him, not only the individual and trying to stand up on a paddleboard, um, but he, like I say, he really tied things together for me. It wasn't a matter of just going to a show and buying stuff off the wall. He made 
everything an event. I would get a painting and I'd meet the artist and we'd go to dinner later and all this great stuff. It was really fantastic. So I miss um, not only Greg, I miss how he pulled things together and um, made art actually an experience rather than just just a purchase or mutual appreciation. So that's where it held together there. Um, we had great dinners together. Um, we had great adventures together. And I met fantastic people through Greg. And I miss that the most. You know, it's back to the, go to a gallery and I look at something on the wall and I do small talk. But he made he made it very real. He brought it, made it an experience. And um, I guess that's it. I don't know what to say. It's hard for me to describe how neat a person is, but I thoroughly miss him. I haven't met anyone in the art scene as fantastic as he he was. Um, I met a lot of fantastic people, but nobody has matched up to Greg um, related to pulling the whole thing together and making the whole art scene an, an event unto itself. Okay, this is, sounds a little erratic, but it's tough for me <laughs> to explain um, talk about an individual that I like so much. And we both had actually a personal admiration for each other. And um, I think other people feel the same way. It's He just brought it all together, wherever the show was, um, whatever the event was, or like I say, going to dinner or going to someone's house. It just... Um, just encompassed the whole art scene for me. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode, write a review and share with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please press the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at not real art world.